0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we build up to a huge week on the return of Scottish football. Rangers Napoli now waits until Wednesday with no away fans at Ibrox or in Naples. Celtic gets set to head to Poland to take on Shakhtar Donetsk and an informed Marian Schved. And Steve Clark names his Scotland squad tomorrow but will be without the injured Andy Robertson. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. Yeah, it's been a sad, solemn, strange few days. Gordon football paid its condolences to Her Majesty the Queen at the weekend. Other sporting events took place and football is coming back. Life goes on. Sport has this great ability to unite everyone and I'm sure Ibrox will be packed on Wednesday night for the delayed Napoli game. Celtic supporters, Hearts supporters will head to the continent for their European games and we'll have a full domestic card at the weekend. Yeah, that's it, Kenny Miller, for us. Obviously, on a Monday, we're used to going over all the action and arguing about it, and, and, and that isn't the case. No football at the weekend, but very much now a bit looking forward because there's a lot of big games to come. Yeah, I'm still sure there'll be a few arguments on, ah, <laughs> on the show in the next couple of hours. But yeah, absolutely, it's a big week, a, a really big week, and, and what it's done is it's allowed our, our teams a little bit more prep time, a little bit more rest and recovery after last week to lick their wounds and look forward to big games this week because it wasn't a great week for Scottish football last week but again games come thick and fast and it's a massive week for all our teams in Europe this week Absolutely 01419511025 as Roger Hanna says of course there was a big picture at the weekend but we missed you we missed you terribly Friday and Saturday simply not the same so let's hear from you and let's get a feel of what is on your mind tonight 01419511025 in terms of where we were at the end of last week Rangers fans I think it would be interesting to hear from you you had the weekend to sort of calm down I guess about the aftermath of uh, the Celtic game and then Ajax that was very raw the last time we spoke to each other and there was a lot of anger and a lot of frustration how do you feel now? I mean nothing's changed on the pitch still got a big game coming up against Napoli so how, how do you feel where is the team where is the squad where is the club at the moment and then of course with the view forward any of you planning on going to Naples did you have travel plans how frustrating has that been talk us through all that side of it and of course Celtic fans you'll be up first on Wednesday won't you Shakhtar Donetsk against Celtic so you can get all your thoughts on those games in right now please 0141 951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB and what a week Roger you have to say again completely appreciate particularly from a Rangers perspective the organisation and so on a bit of debate but if we're boiling it right down to a 90 minute football match how good have we got a night on Wednesday were they both playing the same night Hearts and Thursday big international break round the corner yeah well we waited 15 years to get Celtic and Rangers back together in the Champions League I don't think any of us dreamt they'd actually be back together on the same night Celtic and Warsaw Rangers at home to Napoli and, and the scale you knew last week Real Madrid and Ajax would be formidable opponents for the two sides but I think they thought week two maybe a little bit easier and then you saw <laughs> Shakhtar Donetsk and you saw Napoli Shakhtar going to Leipzig yeah. scoring four Costing poor old Domenico Tedesco his job as Leipzig coach And Napoli putting four past Liverpool And it could have been anything you like, Gordon Yeah, I mean, Kenny 
Roger sums that up nicely Because we've made such a big fuss Over the last couple of months About having two teams in the Champions League Playing in one week Now we've got them on one night Now I know it's not ideal And a lot of that is it's caused a lot of frustration But to think of the excitement Of having two teams from this city In the in the group stages on one night If we can make the best of an, a less than ideal situation What a night Wednesday's going to be Yes and you know They had that a few years back in the Europa League Where the, obviously the away team's on the early kickoff, The home team's late kickoff, And they're brilliant nights this is our step up now It's the Champions League so, And both teams could do their result After after the results of the last week in round one So it's, it's a wonderful night for Scottish football Again, even I mean, just a week's a great week When they're both in the Champions League But to have the, both teams playing mm. the same night it just I mean, You'll be strapped in for half five through to ten o'clock at night You know, watching the game so Eleven I think you'll find uh, we go oh, off here on Wednesday night Don't for, forget You're strapped in a late one then But I'll be in my bed by that point but uh, no, a wonderful night Wednesday night Absolutely, right, come on then 01419511025 did miss you over the weekend I must admit, uh, Saturday's not quite the same So uh, let's get in touch And uh, get the weekend's worth of football Discussion off our chests So let's go to Archie, who's a Rangers fan first Archie Where are you at? Because there was a lot of frustration, a lot of anger at Last week On the aftermath of the Ajax game How do you now look back on that and, and the week that, that Rangers had last week? Well, I think personally, I mean, I've planned them, but obviously everybody was really, really downbeat. Uh, you know, the Celtic game and the Ajax game, you know, and um, and I was, I was basically calling for Gio's head, you know, and I, I, I've been a sort of, I've seen I spoke to Kenny, I'm glad Kenny's on, I spoke to Kenny during the, the other show um, a couple of months ago, during the summer when the games were off, and, and Kenny actually said to me, would you know fancy about Gio? Um, and, and it's easy to sort of, it's easy to look at him, you know, but I think I think the whole team, there's a lot of difficulties going on in the team, you know, we've got the centre of defence, um, you know, Golds is no the part. You know, we're playing somebody who's a midfielder. You know, I think there's a lot of the goalkeeper thing. There's, there's a lot, a lot of things about disjointed. You know, and the Mellis thing. But you know, I think that the good to think that we can sort of um, lift ourselves for us, even though um, you know, I think we'll get beat. But it'd be really nice to sort of um, to turn it around and sort of you know go against the grain because I think everybody expects us to get to get beat by Napoli. But um, I'm hoping we can actually all lift ourselves. As Kenny was saying there, you know, we've got a prep time, and uh, it gives us really a week without playing, and sort of hopefully we've walked to the training ground and everybody can lift ourselves. But um, I'm still a bit suspect, to be honest, about Gio, and you know, but I'm hoping he can sort of prove me wrong. You know. What do you think, Roger? I mean, where are where are Rangers right now? Because everything's just been suspended over the weekend. If you like, nothing's had the chance to change either way, and the the theme of last week was. Generally Rangers frustration Because a massive Derby game Heavy defeat Massive Champions League game Heavy defeat Yeah There was one word From Archie there That jumped out The word was disjointed That's absolutely bang on That's what Rangers look like Just now Now Giovanni Van Bronckhurst Got sort of parachuted in Last November When Steven Gerrard Went to Aston Villa And it wasn't really his team It's obviously Gerrard's team For the last three or four years And you would have thought By now With two transfer windows Down that it would have been more of a stamp of a Van Bronckhurst team and it would not have been disjointed, as Archie suggests. But I think he's quite right. And I've gone back a couple of times in the show, back to Seville in the final in May. And despite the fact that Rangers lost, they came home, they won the Scottish Cup final and they looked in a position of strength. And you need to try and build from a position of strength and strengthen the team. And I actually think the Rangers team looks weaker now than it did three or four months ago when they were in that European final. 
Kenny, how do you look back on it all now? If, you know, maybe you've had a bit of time. You didn't have much football to watch at the weekend. Maybe a bit of time to. I was to, on the Bundesliga. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching the Bundesliga. Uh, you know, to sort of properly reflect on what was a really tough week. It was a it was a horrific week for for anyone connected with Rangers fans, players, managers, board members. Even they were getting it in the neck as well. It was and understandably so. I mean, two four nulls. I think I don't know if it's ever happened in the in the club's history back to back. But I think. Uh, I think there needs to be a bit of calm and I think Archie has now maybe obviously for his initial frustrations last week has now seems to calm and a bit of reflection uh, required. The bottom line is Rangers have not been playing well this season. That That is it. They've not played well. I think I, I think two games where I've seen them not quite hit the same heights as last year but the Union when they needed to win at home they put on a wonderful performance and Ross County at home was their best domestic performance of the season so far bar none. And that out with those games mm-hmm. Rangers have been pretty Pretty, pretty poor for for the standards that have been set, and I think I mean disjointed is getting thrown about. I just think there's a, a players who were right at the peak of their powers last year are now not quite at those levels, and I, I think the team mm. suffered. And I do see there has been a little bit of change within the team as well. Obviously, a, a summary recruitment behind you. Gio's got a chance to put his types of players in into a way that he wants to play. Last year, they were pretty much. 4-3-3 three, three the whole time and Glenn Kamara pushed on I know he kicked on a little bit because he's seen his energy and his legs are positive to get in an offensive sense and a, and a defensive sense where he's, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's grafting and his pressing abilities but really they had three to, to the layman they had three midfielders in there Ryan Jack John Lundstrom Glenn Kamara three guys who can all play really really well and three dogs who want to work who want to fight At this season they've not really went that. they've kind of changed up a wee bit they've went more like a 4 Two, three, one. We're real attacking players with Tillman, with Kent, whether it be Matondos or Lawrence's. We are striker up front, and even in that, sometimes that Union game that I mentioned, Scotty Arfield was in the team as well. Those five players were there to go. So mm-hmm. it's a different kind of look to the team, and it's not quite found the same, the same rhythm. It's yeah. what it's what we had last year in the Rangers team. Archie, what about for you then? You know, if you were if you were to narrow down your, your frustrations a bit more, because as Kenny says, when you get a week like that, the scattered gun comes out. Certain players get accused of underperforming. You've mentioned your concerns about the manager, recruitment, spending, it all sort of comes in. You you've mentioned the manager. Do you have any any specific concerns about, about players, about team? Is, is this just a, a bit of a bump in the road that you think can be overcome? No, I don't think so. I think I think there's two things that that, that, that sort of come to mind. I think first of all, I think we're, we're lacking leadership in the park. Um, I'm not going to go into about Tavernier. I've said that like a half a dozen times on the show. Um, I still think we're, we're lacking leadership first and foremost. I don't think he's a Rangers captain, but and I also think what we're missing fundamentally is we're missing spine, uh, spine uh, the team. I think that for me, I think Goldson. I think he was looking for a move. I don't think his heart's in it. I don't think that Morelis' heart's in it. And I think that, see, when you lose heart, then you're never going to reach your, your full potential in any line of work. I think we're missing a spine. I think that guys who are two of our best players have been looking for a move. Uh, and I think they've no go at it. And I think their heart's not in it. And I think there's two or three things. You know, leadership, a spine of your team. And, and there's two or three players that just their heart isn't in it. Even maybe Kent. I just think it was time for them to move on. Um so there's two or three things, you know, and that's that's just how I see it, you know. It's, in, it's interesting because when the draw was made, we were trying to find arguments that we could see Rangers maybe coming second in the group and, you know, getting through to the last 16. 
And the thing they threw up was, well, look at Ajax. Ajax have they've lost well, they've lost Martinez at the back, and they've lost Haller up front, and Anthony went out wide, and oh, you know, they, they, they might be weaker. And Ajax have just gone and replaced them. And you would never have known when you watched Ajax last week against Rangers. You'd never have known those guys had gone. Calvin Bassey's gone in for Lissandro Martinez. And, you know, they've got other players in there. They brought Bergwijn back in because they knew Anthony was likely to go. It, Rangers haven't done that. Rangers have lost key players. Aribo, Bassey, obviously. And they haven't replaced them with the same quality. And I would take that back as well to Alan McGregor. Has been taken out of the team. Hasn't been replaced by the same quality. Um, you know, Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield that Kenny touched on there, given new contracts, scarcely been used. So I don't think that, that, that there's the same quality. That they've, I don't think they've replaced like with like. I think they're weaker. It's kind of hard to not flip flop from big picture club structure strategy to what takes place in a football pitch for the ninety minutes, Kenny. And Archie throws out something that I think a lot of fans. Believe they can identify with quickly And the thing is For us on the outside We'll never know how accurate it is About whether You know They don't look like they're trying I'm not saying that's what Archie said The heart's gone The dressing room's lost You know These types of things That that you hear That it's hard to Sort of prove You know Either way Do do you see a lack of Effort And endeavour From from the Rangers players You know what I'll never say That they're not trying That they're not giving their best Because there's no player Goes onto the field to play and deliberately does that. Yeah, in my in my opinion, you know, you be and they're nothing. You would never be able to prove it because nobody's ever going to admit it either. But what I would say is that they're not quite playing at that same levels for one reason or other. Is it because guys like maybe Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos were not pushing, knocking Gio's door, asking to move, but maybe just had one eye with a year left in their eyes, which was a decent season. Alfredo's probably had three, four really good seasons. That maybe there was a move in it for them. And the, and the deadline shut and, and they're still there and they're no unhappy because they're at, they're at Glasgow Rangers. I mean, it served both players really, really well, both players that I mentioned. But they can maybe just be looking at one eye at Aribo mm. who's just went away and Bassey who's went to Ajax and they're good mates of theirs and ex-teammates and they're just thinking that they wouldn't have minded that opportunity. So what happens, natural, it's human nature, your game just drops. It drops a bit. Even if it's a 5%, you're not quite getting yeah. to those levels Particularly Champions League You're going to get found out But is it, is it up to the club then Kenny? And, and the same I know it's a sort of different level They're in the same Champions League group Liverpool People are saying the problems Liverpool are having At the start of the season is Because it's the same squad They've had for four and five And six years And club's message Isn't getting across the way it was And he should have done more To freshen it up Should the Rangers football department Have spotted this? I've spotted that, you know, there's only a year to go Morelos and he's not maybe as sharp as he was. There's only a year to go for Kent. He's maybe not as sharp as he was. Is, is there more of an honest name to spot these things and move those players on and get replacements in? What, what I would say is, spot them. They know it. They've got the contracts in front of them. And it was discussed last season that all these guys that we're talking about now were moving into the last year of their contracts. Throw a rebound to that as well. Moving into the last year of their contract. The bottom line is, we've discussed it on this show, Alfredo Morelos... If he wants to not sign and play his contract down, he will do it. He's in control of it. It's up to Rangers, which discussions apparently started, and then you had the incident, and, and they're getting left out of the squad. That kind of curtailed any, any further mm. talks at that moment. I've no doubt the talks with Alfredo will re, restart soon, because there's no one there really at the moment that's coming in for him with, with concrete offers. 
he might see it's best to re-sign at Rangers again and get another lot of money at mm. Rangers and stay there where he's adored and he knows he can score goals. But the other side is he might think he can get the best chance he's going to have a move is on a free transfer at the end of the season. No, this might seem like we're going over own ground, but we kind of have to. This is a bit of a different show. We didn't do the show at the weekend, and you know, we're, so we are still sort of reacting to last week on him. I'm surprised he didn't get any game time, even when the game was then sort of done in Amsterdam. Is that? Is that not important? You know, it might be one where he's now looking and thinking he's going to put him back in. Yeah. He's going to get him back in soon. I mean, which would be harsh on Cholak, but I think everybody would, would say, despite how well Cholak's done, a fully fit and firing Alfredo Morelos, I think he brings something more to that mm. that Rangers team. Uh, I think that's it. What I would say on the on the freshness up it is, is the recruitment side is, is probably is getting a lot of scrutiny at the moment. And at the moment, and I know I've probably been spoken on this show m- many times, there's reported figures of like £12 million pounds that are not even anywhere near the team at the moment. So when you're recruiting players at Rangers, at Celtic, you don't have I mean, the Yilmaz, millions of the Yilmaz, Davis and mm. even Matondo. Okay. You throw the three players in, four, six and two if they're accurate, it might be between 10 and £12 million. There's nobody near the team at the moment. And that, when you're recruiting in a summer, Rangers or Celtic, when you're spending that type of money, they have to be hits. Mm. They have to make an impact on that first team. But at the moment, there's question marks over Davis. Is he going to be the long-term partner for Goldson? Has he got the qualities? Matondo, we've seen in flashes, but at the moment, he's not going to be mm. a starter. And Yilmaz, we've barely seen any of them. The game against Queen of the South. Uh, there's not been much evidence Is it going to be money well spent? Mm. It might be a project, but it's a lot of money spent on a project. Sorry, just to go on a little bit no, further. And you, you go on the other like side, the and you go on the other side of it, and we've talked about it, and I've said it on this show. You sign Carter, Vickers and Jota and it's the same players. So are they going to make Celtic better? Well, they spent their money and they've spent that money really wisely. And they'll make you better if they have better seasons than they did last season. And already you would say that yeah. they're on that track. Uh, look, I mean, Archie, we we view everything from a football lens, right? So I'm not sure we need to debate too much about whether football should have gone on at the weekend. It didn't. Rangers would have gone into a big game on Saturday with a lot of pressure and it's a tough fixture as well it was away to Aberdeen what does that that break do then does that again rightly or wrongly whether we should have had the break does that come as a welcome break to you or would you rather from a football sense played again going into the Napoli one no I think it is a welcome break again I think it's more time to change field I think it's to work on things and sort of just to really go over things you know and I think it's um no, I, I, I gave us a week to. Um, I think Napoli did they play at the weekend? Um, yeah, they won one nil. I mean, obviously, I mean, it gives it. That goes for nothing really. But no, I, I think it's um, a welcome break. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, um, Roger, I, th- I think it's important to stress very much. That, I mean, from a football perspective, to someone who switches on and hears us describe that as a welcome break, not in the big picture of of life and what's been going on, yeah, but you know, in terms of football, just football, does it allow Giovanni van Bronckers to? Regroup in any way Or would they have rather Gone again to get Ajax out the system I don't know How do you the, think it the, works These things are always Difficult to gauge If you remember Before the PSV Second leg You know PSV had a break um, And it didn't really Do them a great deal of use Did it You know Rangers went over there And won mm. in Eindhoven To get through To the group stages Having gone to Easter Road I think they're on 2-2 um, I, Like so much Of football Gordon It's result dependent Had Rangers Gone to Petodre On Saturday And won 2-0 and dispelled a few of the problems that were clearly there in the Celtic and Ajax games, then it would have been a good thing. But had they gone to Petodre, lost the game, dropped more points, performed poorly, 
then you know they, they wouldn't have been in a great place heading into this mm. Napoli game on Wednesday night. Thank you, Archie. Let's bring in Mark, who's also a Rangers fan. How do you feel about things at the moment, Mark? Uh, hi, guys. First and foremost, uh, most importantly, obviously, uh, was condolences to the whole country and the whole family. Um, in terms of Rangers, I think we're, we're the, there's bigger issues. I mean, Kenny's right in terms of what Celtic have done, etc. with Georgia and Carter Vickers. I mean, look at, look at most of the things that Ibrox have been in situation. Relos, Ryan Kent, signing Suter is out for months. Uh, you can, we can pick and, and choose loads of issues that were. The, the jury's very much out of Dunlopers. You know, he has had success in Europe, major success in Europe. Um, but the jury's out. But I think the bigger problems are the board, I think, is broken. I think the board is broken and I think the director of football role and the recruitment is totally broken. They haven't backed the manager. It's clear they didn't back Gerard. When you look at who Gerard signed before he left the club. Takuna, for example. The two boys from Bournemouth, the three boys gone. So I think the recruitment is absolutely classical. They've not backed the manager. Mark, if you don't mind, I'm going to try and get that line cleared up. It's, it's a bit ropey. I mean, I can understand. I've got the big earphones on, but maybe people listening at home, it would be quite tough. Uh, for those who couldn't make it out, I think most of it we got, Roger. Yeah. The board is broken, says Mark. The recruitment is not good enough uh, and, and the manager hasn't been backed. Do you agree with any of that? Well, listen, when you're operating in Glasgow... So much of what Rangers do is measured against what Celtic do And so much of what Celtics do is measured against what Rangers do Kenny just ruled off a couple of names here Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers Two expert pieces of recruitment um, You can throw in Kyogo Furuhashi You can throw in Leila Bada uh, Matt O'Reilly is another one Celtic have done their recruitment particularly well In the last year or 18 months Now Kenny just picked out three Rangers players Red Van Yilmaz, Ben Davis Ravi Matondo Three guys who cost Probably more money Than if you, if you pick any three of those Celtic players That I've just mentioned And are not in the team And They haven't made any positive Impact On the team this season And that's why Mark And Rangers fans Will question the recruitment And Question the success Of the recruitment For Giovanni Van Bronckhorst uh, Mark I think we've got you back I suppose again When we when we left you all last week talking I think some of the discussion was not only about the the game against Ajax and the performance but also Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's reaction to it and, and the way he felt the game had gone and and so on what was your take on that side of things? I mean I don't think he's particularly happy I don't think he's been backed by the board you've mentioned players there that have spent money on and I agree with you that they've spent money on these guys but I think the recruitment is shocking and I think that the, the board um, are not um, behaving the way the Rangers board should be behaving. Um, they've made an absolute fortune, apparently. I would expect that the major shareholders, Mr King, obviously, as we know, is not happy with the board. He wants the board out. So it wouldn't surprise me if he tries to call an EGM. Um, they're, they're not backing the manager. And it's clear that Gerard alluded to that before he left. You know, if you're not going to back a manager, then you're not going to make his job any easier. So... Um, I, I totally believe that the board and the director of football position is, is to be honest with you, going to cost us more trophies. Um, yeah, I mean, Kenny, what about this note? Whether it's he, you know the manager saying he's not been backed, he, he certainly said he was happy with the transfer business on the final day. After that Ajax game, he made the point of you need hundreds of millions to compete in the Champions League. We don't have it. And some people phoned here on Thursday and went, yeah, he's, he's right. What, what's wrong with that? And then other people pointed out. Yeah, but you know, we just knocked out PSV who are two points 
behind Ajax when the Eredivisie finished last season. So you know, we've beat Borussia Dortmund, we've beat Leipzig, you know, we've beat these teams, and and budget doesn't really get mentioned. Then how, how do you feel on that side of it? Well, both sets that are coming with the two different arguments are exactly right. Rangers don't have the finances to compete long term. Again, what I'll say is it's the same as in the Scottish League. Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen will never ever compete with Rangers and Celtic over the course of a season. Can they beat them on any given day? Absolutely. Can Rangers compete with Dortmund and Leipzig and these home and away mm. ties when the whole place is through the roof, by the way, where there's so much positivity building around this Rangers team and they go into a game on any given night? Can they compete? Yes, they can. Could they compete in the Bundesliga? No, they couldn't. Because they don't have the finances They don't have the resources That these other big German clubs do Or the Premier League for that matter So I agree with both sets are right Gio's right You can't compete over a course of a league season But in a one-off game you can And that's where I come back to the money That we touched on with the three players that we mentioned You need to make sure that's right Because again I don't know What backing the manager means uh, in, rela- in relation to how much money Again Mark can maybe g- give something on it And I know the Champions League money will be thrown in And the sales of Bassey and Aribo And even Patterson will be thrown in That's why I was surprised when Rangers never signed anybody mm-hmm. before the deadline But how much is back Because that, by my calculations Through Cholak, Yilmaz, Davis and Matondo Those four players alone are roughly 15, 14, 15 million That's, that's a decent chunk of change for a club like Rangers They're going to be spending in the summer A lot of it depends where you want to pitch yourself Gordon, um, three times in the last 20 years Scottish teams have been to the UEFA Cup final Europa League final Rangers twice, Celtic once And a lot of people in that time say That is their level So we celebrated When Rangers get through against PSV We celebrated when Celtic was straight in To the group stages It's great, we all said it's terrific To have two teams in the group mm-hmm. stages of the Champions League But then when they get found out And they're maybe not the level That you know we think they can be at then is it all about a wringing of hands? Or you know, where do you want to be? Do you want to be in the Champions League competing, probably losing to Real Madrid and Ajax, or going into a Europa League but again? Again, but is the point Real Madrid fine? But is the point not that Ajax are a very, very good established team, but similar to PSV, similar to Dortmund, similar to these yeah, teams? But Ajax were in the Champions League semi finals three that's two what, years that's ago. What I said, and, you know, very, and, very and good, should have beaten Tottenham to get to the final against Liverpool. Uh, okay, thank you Mark We'll leave it there Celtic fans Keen to hear from you You didn't have quite the The angry, frustrated end To last week Which is obviously why We've picked up there However, you do have a massive game On Wednesday Shakhtar Donetsk Against your Celtic team uh, It would be a good time To get your thoughts in So let's let's hear from you uh, On that game How are you feeling? 01419511025 Let's knock some of this Other uh, Rangers stuff on the head Because there was big news About the Napoli game Waits until Wednesday now No away fans at Ibrooks uh, Or in Naples either uh, For that matter So uh, Quite a lot to get through uh, And with that in mind We're speaking to Alistair McKenzie Now he's an Italian football journalist He is From these parts As you'll hear But he's out in Rome uh, A big test Alistair for Rangers on Wednesday against Napoli. Can you tell us a bit to kick us off, like what their season's been like so far? Uh, it's been a massive success so far, and to be honest, uh, a surprisingly big success because they had a huge kind of season, kind of summer of transition. They lost a lot of the players who've been key to their success in previous seasons: Koulibaly, Lorenzo Insigne, Dries Mertens, kind of legendary figures, really, of, of modern Napoli, all departed at once. And the recruitment that they did to kind of refresh the squad was mostly made up of players who were 
seen as uncertainties, who are seen as guys we didn't really know an awful lot about what to expect from them. But they've been fantastic so far. I mean, more than anyone, uh, Vicha Varaskelia, this 21-year-old Georgian winger who's been absolutely lighting up in Serie A and, and did the same against Liverpool. Um, and as a result, yeah, that, that 4-1 win over Liverpool was one of their best European results in recent history. And they're top of the league in Serie A as well. So to be honest, from a Rangers perspective, they couldn't have um, you know scripted a much worse time to come up against this Napoli team. Now, would you say this is a team that's now being looked at as title contenders or, or is that getting carried away? I think probably because of what happened last season, there's a, a little bit of reluctance to do that because Napoli started really fast last year as well. They were top of the league right up until Christmas time and they basically imploded around springtime and, and completely sacrificed any chance of a title run. So I think there's a reluctance about that. Again, like I said, they're they're exceeding pre-season expectations, so it's not something that's a burden on them or something that they're kind of um, focused on too much. But they've got a really good young squad there now, and the Spalletti, their coach, has done a pretty good job so far of of kind of getting the best out of the new players he's got and getting them to adapt to the style of play that, that he's put in there. And a lot of the guys he brought in last year as well are looking in really good shape. So, yeah, I think Europe's the big thing for them. Um, they do have a, a massive Serie A game coming up on Sunday uh, against AC Milan, who are kind of joint top with Napoli at the moment, just behind them in goal difference. So we'll have to wait and see what that means in terms of the selection of Spalletti is going to be um, tempted to rotate the team a little bit to give some of his key players a bit of rest. Um, but it's something he said himself after the game against Spezia this weekend that he's not really too bothered about rotation and he, he wants everyone to be able to play. So um, we'll see see if that has any influence on things. In terms of style of play, what can Rangers expect you know, when they face Napoli on Wednesday, what type of challenge? Well, they like to attack. Um, his teams have always liked to attack. Uh, they uh, really, the biggest thing they did against Liverpool was took advantage of, of Liverpool's high line defensively. Um, if you give this Napoli attack that kind of space in behind or the opportunity to go one-on-one with defenders, they are going to punish you because they've got a lot of quality, especially in that forward line but also in that midfield they've got a lot of really technically gifted players who can both keep possession but also pick out passes to, to really release those players so I would expect that Van Bronckhorst won't want to be setting up his defence too high in the way that Liverpool did um, he plays a 4-3-3 formation uh, but often one of those three midfielders will kind of push up into a number 10 role uh, which is where Zielinski had a lot of um, a lot of joy against Liverpool and yeah, like I say, they, they'll want to be on the front foot. They started really, really fast against Liverpool. It was clearly a, an intentional ploy to really be aggressive from the very start of that game. So that's perhaps something to look out for as well. In terms of danger men, Ossiemen, is he out for this game? Will that make much of a difference? Who else should Rangers fans be wary of? Yeah, there is. I mean, the, the, Ossiemen's brilliant and he had a fantastic game against Liverpool until he came off with that injury. But um but they're not dependent on him by any means. And they did strengthen well in the summer to kind of give themselves a few other options. They've got Giacomo Raspadori, who's in Italy internationally signed from Sassuolo this summer. And he, he was the one who started in Aussie men's place uh, over the weekend. And he scored the last minute winner against, against Spezia. 
Giovanni Simeone is another option. He's the, the son of Diego. Um, he was the one who replaced Aussie men in that Liverpool game and scored with one of his first touches as well. So they've got two strikers behind Aussie men who have both scored goals in the chances they've been given so far to replace him. Um, and then they've got a huge amount of threat from out wide as well, the likes of Varys Kelly in particular, but also uh, Herving Lozano, Mexico International, uh, Matteo Politano. They've, they've got a lot of players who can kind of create problems from different areas of the pitch. So there's there's no doubt Aussie men's a big loss, but it's not going to, I think it's unlikely to kind of blunt the Napoli attack in the way that perhaps some might hope. Now really the big story leading up to this has been the fact that the game's been moved, there's a lot of debate and discussion around that, there's also no away fans for for either fixture. How has that news been received? Um, Well I think it's a a bit of a surprise, it's not something that necessarily people are completely not unused to here, it happens fairly often especially around um, Napoli actually where sometimes teams aren't allowed to take travelling sports to different games so it's not a completely novel situation um, there weren't a huge amount of Liverpool fans who came over to Naples um, in the in the away end for the game last week either um, so I think it's, it's not been a, a massive talking point in that sense and also I think the postponement to Wednesday it's it's not all that damaging um, from Napoli's kind of schedule perspective because they're not playing again in, until Sunday night. So they do still have a bit of time to prepare for that that uh, game against AC Milan afterwards. So safe to say then you're not really expecting that to make too much of a difference on Wednesday night? Well, I'm, I, I'm sure they'd love to have their support there. And it's, it's, it is pretty gutting for from the Napoli perspective given that they've, you know, they've been two years now without being in the Champions League at all. Um, so they're really excited about being back in the competition. Also, this this group is an absolutely fantastic group in terms of away days, and I think there will have been a lot of excitement about going to a stadium like Ibrox because obviously not only is it so long since Napoli have been in the Champions League, but it's a long time since they've had the opportunity to go to, to Ibrox at all uh, in the Champions League. So I think there will be a lot of disappointment among the fans from that perspective for sure. Now the Rangers fans, they've still to face that. Of course, no Rangers fans in Italy. What would you expect the atmosphere to be like for that game? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was if it's anything like it was last week, I was, I was down at the, the Stadio Diego Maradona last week and it was... Uh, incredible atmosphere to be honest from about three hours before kickoff um all the way through the warm-ups and through the match itself they when when the napoli fans turn up like that on a big european night and they want to intimidate the opposition there are very few places certainly italy possibly in europe that do it better um it really does kind of become this kind of cauldron, a huge wall of noise. And it, it is an intimidating atmosphere for opposition teams to be in. I mean, Liverpool, it wasn't just this time. Liverpool have actually been to Naples three times in the last five years now, and they've lost all of those games. So that that's a measure of the kind of impact, I guess, that that uh, atmosphere can have on, on visiting teams. So um, without any of their own fans there as well, I think Rangers are going to have to prepare themselves for for quite a hostile reception. Okay, thank you very much, Alistair. Nice of you to take the time. That's the inside track on Napoli Rangers fans. Be keen to hear from anyone who is planning to go and has had the the plans, the travel plans disrupted uh, by this news that no away fans are allowed to. Let us know, uh, Celtic fans. This is your time to shine. Come on, let's hear from you because there's a massive game that will be first up. On Wednesday, Shakhtar Donetsk against Celtic in the Polish Army Stadium in Warsaw. And by the way, just like we did from Alistair, we'll get you the inside track 
on Shakhtar Donetsk a bit later on in the show. Um, again, Roger, the debate about whether it was right or wrong to call off the games, I don't think there's much value in us going over that tonight, no. but I don't know what Ange Postacoglu's plans were. I don't know if he gave his team the day off, but he just strikes you as the type that would just sort of say, OK, and then head back down and, and try and fine-tune all that fast-paced stuff that they've been getting credit for in the last few weeks. Absolutely. Um, I think Celtic, you know, due to be home to Livingston at the weekend, that game will get caught up, as all the fixtures will get caught up. Um, we need to look back to last Tuesday night, Real Madrid, and for a long time, 55 minutes and more, Gordon, Celtic held their own against Real Madrid. Before Real Madrid just sort of moved up the gears, no, there, there's no, there's no disgrace in that. I saw Real Madrid do the same to Cadiz at the weekend there in uh, La Liga, so they are, you know, different class. Um, I think we'll get more of a flavour of how Celtic will do in this group when they go to Warsaw on Wednesday evening. A uh, Shakhtar, I really didn't see them going to Leipzig and scoring four. I think that maybe said more about Leipzig and the position they were in at that stage than it did about Shakhtar. Um, I think it's the first day any of us have really seen anything in Marion Schwed scoring those two goals in his first ever start for Shakhtar. So uh, that bounty of giving them a boost, they won again domestically in the Ukrainian league at the weekend. So they will be feeling good about themselves. And I think Celtic will too, even, you know, even though on paper they've lost their last game 3-0 I think when you scratch beneath the surface, they're a good place just now. Yeah, I mean, Kenny, we always... And look, it's undeniably true that results are so important, you know, the most important thing. But it does show you that at times, performance level is important to fans. Celtic will beat 3-0. And yet, there's a, a feeling of pride and positivity amongst the Celtic fans. Mm. And... People can disagree from the outside, but you can't turn round to tens of thousands and you're wrong to feel that way. You know, it's it's just a gut that your football, a gut reaction that your football team gives you, and that perhaps shows you that the sort of performance levels that Celtic are hitting at the moment, even though they lost three 0 Yeah, and and they're quite right. You know, because I think it was. I mean, you say Real Madrid went through the gears. They went through the gears after the goal because goals change games. Mm. Celtic could have been two up. You know, the chances they had prior to the Real Madrid goal, and they really, really. Competed with a team that all the riches in the world for best part of 55 an hour, whatever it was when that first goal went in. But there's a real feel-good factor round about Celtic Park at the moment, about Ange and his team and what they're, what they're doing, how they're playing, the amount of goals they're scoring. There was a real feel-good factor about Gio last year on the road to Seville. And it shows when you've got that momentum and you've got that confidence in your in your in your, in your, your own ability and your teammates' ability, you believe you're going to go into that field and win games and perform. More often than not, it happens. So Celtic went into that. They approached that Real Madrid game, and they thought we're going to go. We're going to have a go here. Yeah, we might get beat, but by a lot, of, Real Madrid beat a lot of teams. You know, so we're going to give it a go. They did. Ultimately, they lost the game three 0 and like you say, it's a three 0 loss. It's down in the history books, but there is there's definitely got a right to take a bit of positivity for the performance. Yeah, Celtic fans, it's not the Monday night we're used to looking back on the weekend and, and going through the areas of the performance. How do you feel going into this week? Pick up the phone right now. Let us know. 01419511025. And maybe on, on the, you know, almost the flip side from the Rangers discussion, now that you've had time to get over the Real Madrid game, do, does it become more about realising the 3 0 defeat or do you still feel real pride at that performance? You know, is that something you still feel now or was that something that was all about the emotion of the night and, and in the aftermath? Um, Roger again through our football lens not saying it's good that games were, were off at the weekend through this football lens one or two niggles for Celtic I don't think Carl Starfelts will be 
cleared up in time Although you know, no. we get further confirmation um, Of course Kyogo came off against Rangers uh, Started in the bench against Real Madrid So you'd assume he's, he's, pretty, you know, he's pretty fine anyway Yeah, listen, I, I don't really expect many changes in the Celtic lineup. If any changes in the Celtic lineup from the one that started against Real last Tuesday night to the one that was starting Warsaw on Wednesday evening against Shakhtar, um, it looked to me, just looking at the game, as if Giacomacchus may have started anyway the way Celtic played the game. I think that was maybe a tactical switch because Kyogo came on and looked okay, didn't he? Um, will the tactics be different in Warsaw? Does that see Kyogo coming back in and Giacomacchus maybe dropping out We'll just have to wait and see, but they don't. Celtic don't have the injury problems that Rangers have at the minute. They don't have the selection problems. They don't have the form problems, and they will go to Warsaw believing they can get a positive result to kickstart that Group F campaign. And I suppose some Celtic fans would say, "Yeah, we don't have the injury problems in terms of numbers, but if we did, we've got faith that we've got players for each position." As was shown when Kyogo went off after three minutes, Kenny. That's the way they feel, which is obviously in contrast to the. First twenty minutes that we discussed with the Rangers fans on the phone. Yeah, and again it was it was an evidence against in the cup through the week as well where there was nine changes made and it was a, a similar type performance. You know, the the thing with the with the guys that came in that night, they will genuinely feel they're more than good enough to start games for Celtic. It's as simple as that. At the moment they've not got the jersey, but they will be fighting hard to get it. And when you've got that within a squad, and I've said this many, many a time on this show that it just pushes each other. So two left-backs going at it, you've got two strikers that are going real, you've got four or five wingers that are constantly pushing each other because these guys that have got the jersey, so if you take the wingers, for instance, Jota and Abada, the guys that have got the jersey, they know if performances dip ever so slightly or they were to get injured or there was a set of suspension, guys that come back to that team, you might not get back in. Do you, keep that's a, the quality. do you keep a bad eye in Kenny because he got taken off at, I didn't have a great first half against El Madrid taken off at half time you know I didn't think he, I didn't think he was that bad to be honest I, he, he took off and Andrew will watch the game and he'll be thinking there's a change in there that might help them uh, he makes the change well the first half was 0-0 no, no, the second half was 3-0 no. so mm. I thought he'd done okay and he's had a scintillating start of the season I mean I, I, I like him and the team based on how direct he is, how quick he is and how hungry he is to go and score goals. So I think he adds something from that area of the pitch. It's only just dawned on me uh, this time last week how many messages I was receiving with your name on it uh, along the lines of Ah, see, Kenny said on Friday night that Gio's got Angie's number. Now look what's happened. Even though that's not really what you said, yeah. but that's what people hear because that's the beauty of, to the show of this show. And uh, my goodness, you were the most... I was going to say popular I don't know if that's the right word I got a lot of messages For your so attention did So did that And there weren't the King messages I have by the way That we can't read out on air But uh, You know again We'll go over uh, Over what was said It wasn't he's got his number It was over the three games After the 3 no. You felt he had learned from he it He had definitely learned But now he's not presumably And now he needs to relearn <laughs> How to actually go and play against Celtic Because That was even worse Than February There we go I was going to say hopefully that's that cleared up But come on, wishful thinking 01419511025 uh, Paul's a Celtic fan on the line Paul, how are you feeling this week? Hey, hi, hi Gordon, hi guys Hello uh, How did I feel this week about Celtic? I feel good, yeah I mean, the the difference with the getting bet 3 nothing in the Champions League uh, This time was that For 55 minutes for an hour Celtic generally didn't look at a place against Real Madrid. The 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 players, the, the squad of players that we've got, looked equally as good as Real Madrid. That 
Callum McGregor was on another level. You could have took Modric off and put Callum McGregor in the Real Madrid team. Oh, that's wow, the, that's big praise, Paul. I think that's the difference. I think that I'm usually quite factual. We get better free nothing. In the past, it's also got on my nerves about people rattling on about how good the atmosphere is. We know the result, but last week, genuinely, big Jack Amakis had the big defender rattled at the start. They genuinely looked, but there was a really good interview uh, with, is it Tony? I can't remember his name, Cruz, the German guy. He said that they knew that they had to weather the storm for half an hour. And if they, if they weathered the storm for half an hour, they would do okay. But what, Celtic, what, what else can Celtic do? They just need to go out and fling everything at it. Uh, Cal, Callum McModric, are you having that, Roger? Um, I'd certainly praise. Um, I just think, listen, some of those players, Modric, Vinicius Jr., they're on a different level. You know, It's the best team in the world, probably. They are the reigning Champions League holders. But we're just going to ask Paul, the last game in the group is the Bernabeu. So... You can park Real Madrid for a period of time now. Does that performance for the first 55 minutes give you more hope that Celtic are in a place that they can see off Shakhtar and Leipzig and get second place behind Real Madrid? 100% it does, yep. It really, really does. But it also tells you that at this level, if you don't take your chances, you're not going to, you're not going to go anywhere. When uh, Callum McGregor's chance at the post... I thought it was in. Uh, Maeda, I thought that was guaranteed to be in. There's a few more chances as well, but this level, you need to take your chances. That's where, uh, if, we did have, if we did take a couple of chances, you don't know what could have happened. But uh, I thought, look, Anne's told us how he's got to play. A lot of people doubted it. I thought, no way he'll be able to play like that. He'd done exactly what he says he would do. He didn't change his style. And this is going to sound a bit backward, but for an hour or what? Yeah, but I think yeah, I think performance wise we we certainly you agreed with that, Kenny. Was look, whether he's a competitor for Luka Modric or not, we'll we'll, we'll remain calm on that one. Was Callum McGregor the standout for Celtic? Was he the one that you felt did equip himself best at, at that level? I almost fell off the chair by the way when the comparison was made by the way. But it was absolutely excellent. And he was and I thought watching the game, I thought he has stepped up to the challenge if he, I think he's firstly he's stepped into the role with the captain very very well he's then his performance levels I mean, I've, I've seen him perform so well in Europe against really good teams over the years but that is against the cream I mean, 14 European Cups Champions Leagues to their name current champions with all the the, the players cruise mm-hmm. in the middle Modric against I thought he was absolutely excellent but tell me I thought Jota looked pretty good as well to be honest like he looks like a bit of a different level of a footballer that he could go on and, and, and kick on again and play at a, a really top European club so there was a, it was an excellent performance there's no doubt about it and I absolutely agree with Paul 55 minutes an hour they were more than competitive in that game. What's it like? Because on behalf of we teams fans everywhere, I'm not having this. You know, when you get to blame us for the the failure to to go and sort of cope at that level, actually, that's because we're used to playing Motherwell and Livingston every week. It's hard to step up, so I'm not having that. However, uh, it's obviously a step up at club level. What was the you know talking about McGregor coming up against Modric? Who was the best you played at at, at club level in Europe? You know, for Celtic or Rangers, and, and you felt like, wow, that that guy there, that centre half I'm up against, or whatever, that's that's the level. Yeah, well, again, when you're playing, man, you you're coming up against Rio Ferdinand. For me, he was one of the best at the time, 
uh, over the course of a career came up obviously for Scotland yeah, playing for against Cavaniers yeah. and Nestors but in the Champs League Maldini played in a game where we were against uh, AC Milan when I was at Celtic but what what I found is the way that the, the team played in most days. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I was up there on an island, so you're up there battling away. It's not like playing. So you didn't play football against them. You basically uh, raced them you for. Were, you, were, you were running. No, you were chasing them. Yeah. That was it. You were chasing. What, you're what set that, them apart then? Because look, and every, uh, we know that they're good players. That's why we mentioned it. What in particular did that mean to you when when you're there and you're on it? Because they've got everything going. These players. So when you're playing domestically, you're, you're probably for me. I'll, I felt a wee, a wee bit more clever Maybe a wee bit more quicker I've also got a lot of teammates That are a lot better Than mm-hmm. other teams as well But when you're playing against If you're just isolated Against a real Ferdinand For instance Or you're playing against a, Was he quick? He was quick wasn't he? Rapid Yeah, Absolutely rapid Like These these players have got everything You know they can play They're, they're 6 foot 4 They're rapid They're strong in there They're aggressive They've got everything So you have to find As a team And an individual In that battle You need to try and find a way To get the better And unfortunately I never found the answer In all of the Champions League games But uh, it's, it's, it's a test And that's why We want our teams At that level That's why you see that It helps the national team You know it helps When you've got these guys Competing at that elite level Like you see Callum McGregor His game goes through the roof Yeah It absolutely goes through the roof so you can see that it's only going to help him when he comes up against yeah. the, the, these internationals that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, last time they met, it was a goal apiece. Yep. Although Modric had the last laugh, and it was nearly a goal apiece this, uh, this most recent time, but the, a lick of paint away from making it so. Yeah, it was very unfortunate. Callum and I when they come back <laughs> off the post. But Modric must like Glasgow. Um, that performance with Croatia and the Euros and incoming last week. But right. Should have that... saved it. He should have got a stronger hand <laughs> on it. I think so. I, th- I thought it was not end up right in the corner. It wasn't right in the corner. I mean, think he's really got enough close. time. Nah, well, that to, was the thing. Yeah, I think the distance between him and Hartburn. I, I, I think uh, he, he puts it in with the outside of his right foot. Yeah, I just the outside just, of his right foot. Just, be, he? just because he, he can. Use his left foot. I just he doesn't think going fram was talking about on the right. Thirty-seven years of age last Friday. Doesn't look no. to be slowing up, does it? Makes you sick. Uh, Paul, hold it. Something's actually just dawned on me because I get a lot of nonsense Twitter messages sent to me. Believe me, um, but did you? Some, I think someone called Paul who was a Celtic fan I think it was you sent me a message on Twitter and said that your son got a nice keepsake at the game is that not the case? Yes he did Gordon and what uh, was it? Well he was a wee answer. it was actually he was hanging over the tunnel and he was giving his phone to the Real Madrid players and they were taking his picture with him uh, instead of him taking their picture Quite right uh, But at the end of the game he, he was down the side of the park and he asked uh, uh, Eden Hazard for a picture and he actually gave him his top so he had a nice we keep safe he got Eden Hazard's top it was a shame though Paul when you chucked it back and said he'd rather have Callum McGregor so that was a real shock (laughs) to Eden Hazard I'll bet Uh, that's not bad is it Roger? well listen Paul I hope he keeps it safe that's the kind of thing Gordon Dale would have had on eBay by about half past ten the same night there we go since I'm picking your you must have a shirt collection and a half were you a shirt swapper? no I was when I first started I actually thought I want to get strikers like guys that are in the same position guys that were like heroes but then you need to run up the other end of the pitch you're, never, the you're never getting it so quickly I realised I need to get the top boys that I'm playing against and you know and that maybe means something as well where you've actually came mm-hmm. out you've battled against them for 90 minutes or whatever and, and you, you kind of swap shots at the end so yeah I managed to get a few a few decent Go ones on, I, drop some drop some names for us I got, so I got Maldini <sighs> which is big I got Suarez, but I did manage to get a striker. I got he Suarez in the cup, a cup final. While he was up. See, the bit one of the best stories I've got with swapping the top was when we played Holland in that playoff game. I've Rath- tried to forget about that, but uh, so that was not was the one we won. Oh, that's it was fine. One we won. So uh, 
I think I was doing press or I was doing the drug test or something after the game and Van der Vaart was just coming through at that it. time. Oh, of course I did. <laughs> Van der Vaart, I never played that well. I've never even played actually. But Van der Vaart must have been, uh, he was just breaking through at the time and he was this next wonder kid that was coming through. I think he might have been at Ajax at the time. And we're walking past each other. So he was going to the to the away change room. I was walking past to the home and I stopped him. I thought this guy's going to be a superstar. I'm going to get his top. So I stopped him. I was just, I made the gesture. Could you swap? And he was like, oh, no, no. I went, no, no. Stopped him. Can you swap? And he was standing like a wee bit short. And I just kind of grabbed it up over his head. So you stole it, basically. <laughs> I stole the shot. Quite right. Still one of our shot. But aye, a decent, Maldini, a decent that's a Nestor, Cannavaro, got both of them. Both of them? Well. Oh, come on. Yeah, I know you don't do it in public for obvious reasons, Kenny. But the players uh, inside the ground, they swapped shirts after old firm games, some of the... Continental never players never, I, I've never done it So I've, I've never seen it either too. I know there's a wee bit Kind of surrounding Maybe it happened last week But uh, I've never i never done it I was too no, much, just, uh, Relieved that we've won the game Or see, absolutely see, livid That we've no See if that game. answer Had gone differently That was the front page Of the Sun yeah. tomorrow No no, you no, no I, would, I would just wonder If you, if you never <laughs> It might still be Because it just, For me it never happened though. Never got Mark Wilson's shirt Never got Wilson's I think he chased me A couple of times We, we can try and arrange it uh, thank you very much to Paul Incidentally right See on the, the subject of pictures Just indulge me for a second Because Paul's talking about Trying to get picture with Hazard Picture with Modric There's been an update Over the weekend Now anyone who follows me on Twitter Will have seen this So sorry to, to go over old ground But I know not everyone's on there So Hugh Keevans Has been on his rail journey Around Italy For quite some time now It would appear And Kenny I'll quickly recap the story for you Last week I get A series of WhatsApp messages From someone called Nicola I don't know him to call Nicola, right? So I don't know, why isn't it? Who's Nicola? Why is she sending me messages? And they're picture messages. We bit worried. What's what's happening here? I click on them, and it's basically the pictures of Hugh Keevans at various famous bits of Rome. Now he's got the Nokia. He can't take pictures. He can't upload them. It's not got WhatsApp. It certainly doesn't have WhatsApp. But because he's Hugh Keevans, he's on one of these like organised tour holidays, and there is a tour guide called Nicola who he's. Making take pictures of them And getting her to WhatsApp them to me It's a big effort So I said this at the weekend Or last week And we had a good bit of fun with it And I thought that'll be the end of it Saturday or Sunday again Same thing Pops up There he is At the Leaning Tower of Pisa Again 40 degrees Same cords that he wears in here Same shirt He's dared to unbutton Just one single button To let a wee bit of that Italian air in and there he is at the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I, I, I saw a picture on your Twitter. It's absolutely fabulous. And it just, do you know what she sent me? It says on, he's right next to the Leaning Tower, like right in front of it. And she sent me it and said, Pisa. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. I was yeah, unsure. Yeah. Have you, uh, do you know the other great photographic story of the week that I've stumbled upon? And it's amazing, Kenny, how this show throws these up. Tomorrow, at the Emirates, the Davis Cup starts. Indeed. Great Britain against the United States, the Netherlands, Kazakhstan this week. Andy Murray's in town, great stuff. Mm. And someone was asking me a question about the Davis Cup at work the other day. And I thought, I know what? The captain, Leon Smith, on this show the other week. Came in with us, didn't he? He'll, he'll have the details that we're looking for on his social media account. Clicked onto Leon Smith's Twitter. Nothing about the Davis Cup, nothing about Andy Murray, nothing about US Open tennis at the weekend. Pride of place. At the top of his Twitter account is a picture of him, you, Andy Halliday, and me. Quite right. Loves he's, the show. He's, he's a man of a man of impeccable taste. And just before we round off the Hugh Keevan section of this show, even better because I predicted this before he went away. He doesn't do internet. He doesn't do any sort of modern communication. I thought he's going to 
Wait until the Monday Try and get a copy of the paper And that's when he'll learn the score From Celtic against Rangers on Saturday That's how it will play out So I texted him a bit of a joke I said oh, it was a uh, was 4-0 to Celtic by the way This was on Monday And he replied and said uh, Yes a friend texted me and said it was 4-0 But I didn't know who to <laughs> So I've just got these visions of him All weekend Just knowing that it was 4-0 to Sunday But not, <laughs> not knowing which way While Glasgow is in chaos Meltdown There he is Wandering down to the Coliseum Thinking that Rangers maybe went to Celtic Park And won 4-0 I, I suspect Lady Keevan's Sort of rations His use of the Nokia I think he maybe only gets it for 30 minutes or an hour per day So he probably Screen didn't time know yeah, Because time. he'll yeah. still have those You know, he'll be in a fortune to send one of those yeah. old text messages from, the last, from Italy The so. last time he was at the Coliseum it was newly built <laughs> I'll bet it was, he opened it um, look, Just before we play Beat the Pundit, which we'll do very soon um, To get back to more sort of serious ones I wonder if there are any Celtic fans out there Is there anything... Anything doing in these sort of rumours with Brighton? Is that something that, that worries you about Ange Postacoglu? Is it too early for him to be prized away? Um, That's what we need to hear from Hugh Keevans about. We're used to being scorned. Keevans family, season ticket holders. Yeah, we're used to being scorned as fans up here, Roger. You fall in love with these people and you think they'll never leave. You know the examples I'm talking about and sometimes there's not much you can do. Ange Postacoglu will leave Celtic one day because everyone does. But Ange Postacoglu will not leave Celtic for Brighton Not where Celtic are at the minute um, Brendan Rodgers left for Leicester But Brendan Rodgers was at a different part of his journey If you know what I'm saying um, Ange Postacoglu is only 15 months, 16 months into his journey with Celtic He's got a young, vibrant, swashbuckling team That's won a league title, that's won a league cup They've just gone toe-to-toe with Real Madrid in the Champions League groups and That's why does it not get much better than that, Roger? Maybe it's time to jump ship. <laughs> Wishful thinking, I think they call that. Uh, well, let's take, let Celtic fans, what do you think? Your opinion's more important than Rogers. He would admit that. 01419511025. As always, by the way, you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Now, if you're just tuning in, hopefully you've been here since the start. That would be nice. But if not, we are obviously back. There was an understandable change uh, to our scheduled programming. Uh, earlier on Or sorry To the, the latter end of, of last week And over the weekend We didn't have any games It's not your usual Monday night We're not really reflecting As such We're trying to pick up the pieces From what happened At the tail end of last week In Europe But we do have a lot To look forward to So Shakhtar Donetsk Against Celtic Come on Celtic fans How are you feeling about that uh, Rangers against Napoli as well Rangers fans How do you feel About that one Pick up the phone And let us know And we'll do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Now, this is back. They've had a weekend rest. It is Beat the Pundit time. So let us know if you think you're up to it. If you want to come on here, take on Kenny Miller or Roger Hanna. Now is the time to do so. It's 0141 951 1025, and your call must be in before 7 o'clock. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here It's 01419511025 A slightly different sounding show for you tonight But the bones of it are still here We still want to hear from you On whatever football topic is on your mind I mean yes, Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller Not so much pressure on them this week They don't have to worry about result of the weekend Or howler or refereeing decision Or whatever it was Uh, No games to look back on But plenty to look forward to Starting Well in fact we've got Shakhtar Donetsk Celtic Rangers Napoli uh, hearts are in action as well But actually the things we've got to look forward to Start right here Beat 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Okay, Beat the Pundit time, the first one of a new week. It's always good. This is where we get the football cliches out. Lay down a marker, start fast. That's what we're looking to do in the week. Starting with Sean and Pollock. How's it going, Sean? Aye, uh, not bad. Still you. Have you ever played before, Sean? I played in the summer against Mark Wilson and I got beat with... I didn't know. I couldn't remember what team played in yellow. Honestly, I just I couldn't remember him. It was either Spain or Sweden and I was going to say Romania. So Mark Wilson beat me. That's not something you should ever admit, really, is it? Do you know what I mean, Roger? You've certain things you just... Sean, you're really unlucky you didn't come up against Gordon DL that night because if it was a, a question about countries, then you would quite easily have beaten them. I mean, there's loads of Seans and Pollock, I'm sure. You just say, Sean, have you ever played before? No. Just like... Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm a... Oh, that, no, no, this man. Is that no, an no. abuse of, of position no, here no, to condone lying? I just say, no, no, me never, no, no, I thought I'd give it a go for the first time uh, Yeah, you're an honest man, Sean Heads, it will be Roger Hanna, minus one Of course, tails, Kenny Miller Let's see what we've got No minus one here, it's tails, it's Kenny Miller up against Roger uh, So what we do here is we give Kenny some Clyde 2 to listen to So that he can't hear what's going on in here, Sean, as you well know uh, 30 seconds, just answer as many as you can And pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Yeah, no problem. Right, 30 seconds then. Let's get the clock ready and your time starts now. Name either player who started for Celtic against Real Madrid who wasn't signed by Ange Postacoglu. Callum McGregor. Name the only major domestic cup Kirk Broadfoot did not win with Rangers. The uh, Scottish Cup. Which Scottish player is currently captain of Sporting Kansas City? Johnny Russell. What nationality is former Scotland manager Bertie Vokes? German. Name either of the two Scottish Premiership teams who don't have any players on loan this season. Motherwell. Dylan Levitt joined Dundee United from which English Premiership team? Oh, he's got off it. I think he said it. I think he said it. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm feeling charitable. Kenny, can you hear us? Sure can. Good. Same set of questions. 30 seconds on the clock. Time starts now. Name either Celtic player who started against Real Madrid and wasn't signed by Ange Postacoglu. McGregor Name the only major domestic cup Kirk Broadfoot didn't win at Rangers Scottish Cup Which Scottish player is currently the captain of Sporting Kansas City? Johnny Russell What nationalities? Former Scotland manager Bertie Vogts German Name either of the two Scottish Premiership teams who don't have a player on loan this season Livingston Dylan Levitt joined Dundee United from which English Premiership team? Mikey Johnson has gone on loan to a team in which European country? Cyprus Okay, Sean, how do you think it went? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a fair position to be in because you both sounded good. You both sounded confident. Roger, you look puzzled. I don't like it when you do that. No, I'm not puzzled in the slightest. No, no, no. I just don't know who's won. Just a bit of wind. <laughs> um, name either player who started for Celtic against Real who wasn't signed by Ange Postacoglu. Um, I would have been more impressed if you'd gone for the other one. Both went Callum McGregor Greg Taylor Greg Taylor uh, Kirk Broadfoot did not win the Scottish Cup Johnny Russell Sporting Kansas City Bertie Volks is German At this point it's four each Absolutely flying I must admit I'm sceptical of this And I'm worried Because if it's wrong You know Martin Bartley will be on the phone In two minutes ridiculing us Name either of the two Scottish Premiership teams Who do not have a player on loan this season Apparently St Mirren and Livingston Ooh. So Kenny gets it guess, And goes one in front 
You both knew Dylan Levitt, Man United So Sean trails by one And I'm afraid Sean That was the end of the line Mikey Johnson's gone to Portugal Portugal, I knew that, I knew um, that Vittoria Guimarães Apparently so um, Oh there he is Look at how chirpy is he He's ca- Producer Callum you're Googling When the questions pro- are coming pro- up pro- Producer Callum's not even Here He's not even on And straight away It is right I do my research The message says Correct. Good guess I'll, I knew I'll, that, I'll remember that <laughs> For the next time we inevitably make a mistake Hard line Sean Good effort Big effort Sean Unlucky lad Good take care Cheers thank you Third time lucky What was the score gone? Oh it would have been a 7-6 I think 1-2-3-4-5 No a 6-5 That's two six in a row And I've only Super. won by one point Both both weeks So what you're telling me is Kenny Miller brings maximum entertainment Open games I'm people 6-5 11-goal thriller Your old pal Bertie Volk's in there as well Aye yep mm. That was obvious That was a bit of a gimme for me Yep No Try to think I'm not great Immediately with the years He gave you your debut No No Craig Brown Craig Brown Yeah you're older than I gave you credit for No but listen It was the next He went Close Literally came in straight away Yeah yeah. Gave Darren Fletcher his debut. it was only uh, 10 minutes For your debut And then every Who was the debut against again Poland 10 10, uh, 10 minutes at the end Back in 2000 And 2000 Roger you remember everything Do you remember that game Because I don't the Poland game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was loads of debuts. Did. Andy McLaren played, didn't he? John O'Neill played Stevie in the Caldwell, game. Stevie Cobble, well, Charlie yeah. Miller. Potentially. I yeah. was I was with the 21s. And right. Me and Big Stevie got bumped it, out. It, it was in a city or town I don't think I've ever heard of, and I don't think I've heard of since. It was something like Bidger Goshik yeah, or something. Yeah, I, What's wrong? What? I mean, yeah. you should be one hand I'm impressed. All, and I hand is, is, all I know is I've got a dead leg two minutes in and hobbled about for the last for the last eight. Listen, they all count. Uh, uh, right, 01419511025. Beat the pundit back at the same time tomorrow. It's a bit easier on a Tuesday. Or is it actually? Because we might have had to do an old reshuffle this week, given that the 11 o'clock show that was supposed to be tomorrow is now Wednesday. I wonder if bath night in the DL house is going to have to be rearranged. I think he might have to come in until 11 on Wednesday rather than Tuesday. A night off for that big bottle of matey. I hope he doesn't try and take a bath in here on Wednesday night. That would be disturbing. Yeah, um, yeah, very I much think so. That the nation could do. With but, I mean, that. Listen, we asked him in the season when we knew it was a, a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night whether he would manage to shuffle bath night, so he, he can be flexible. Oh, very, very flexible. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Gus is an Inverkip. Gus, actually, you join us at a great time because just before beat the pundit, we had a, a very quick conversation. So let's uh, elaborate on it, and it was about. Potential interest from Brighton and Ange Postacoglu That sort of thing Roger says he's absolutely not convinced That that would ever happen Or, or would happen just now How do you feel about that as a, as a Celtic fan? Do you think Are you as confident as Roger is? No, good afternoon Good evening panel Hello I was just wondering uh, He seems to be second favourite The bookies to go to Brighton But I'm not convinced that he'll go to Brighton But I'm sure there's other uh, Premier League uh, down south teams that have interested them. Is that fair? Is, is what he's doing? What teams? What teams? I think it was a general, yeah. ra- you know, rather than right now. No, but I mean, what, what, what ones do you think he would go for? Because I think Brighton at the moment, I'm no surprised at all <laughs> that his name's getting mentioned with that. Uh, I, I, I was speaking about it actually three weeks ago that if Potter did go because mm-hmm. he was kind of lined up, then who would potentially, and I thought Ange would have been a good fit. Uh, obviously a lot of Celtic fans will not want to hear that they'll not want Brighton to come calling uh, and it would be interesting it would be really interesting because it's a club that have that have started the season really really well they seem to have a bit of stability as well 
it seemed to fit the way Ange wants to play. So I'm like I said, I'm not surprised that they're coming calling. I would be surprised if, if for what I know about Ange and what I've kind of gathered from since he's been in the country, that I think he'll want to stay on at this moment of time, like Roger says. Yeah. I think it's maybe just too early, not even too early in his reign. I think it's too early in this season with everything that's been coming up for him to jump ship at the moment. But when the Premier League comes calling, you just never know. So, sometimes you get, you've been in the game however many years, Kenny, you, you know yourself, sometimes you get a feeling for these things. And when Aston Villa came in for Steven Gerrard last year, you got a feeling that the time was probably right and, and the move would happen. When Leicester City came in for Brendan Rodgers, there was just a feeling that, yeah, you could see this happening. Do you think and, so? Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, stage of career, but let's not forget the, the shock and... Disgust that both of those departures were met with on here, and I think the shock's the most important. But I, I felt like on here, the reason we got such a reaction to both was because the fans didn't see it coming. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to say you saw it coming, but when the offers came in, you thought, "Yep, yeah, these are these are going to happen." It just had that vibe about it, and there was there was disappointment, there was anguish from the supporters because those supporters felt that those managers had invested. So much into the projects That they wouldn't walk away mm. But did they not but, feel like Those two had unfinished business as well Brendan Rodgers was supposed to get 10 Steven Gerrard was Supposed to try and get the team Into the Champions yeah, League I, I And just, win a cup I think Kenny mentioned earlier on Maybe one of the callers mentioned earlier on In fact I think it was Archie The first caller Had mentioned that You sensed a frustration From Steven Gerrard At the start of last season And you were sensing a frustration From Brendan Rodgers That he had taken these projects So far mm. And the maybe just weren't going to get to finish them the way they had wanted them. So when those moves come in, you, you could have seen them happening. But I just don't. I don't think there's any way Ange Postecoglou is walking away at this stage of the Celtic project, especially not for Brighton. Look, there's no a way. bit. There's a bit of mileage to happen here, Gus. There needs to be an approach first, an offer. Then you find out how Ange Postecoglou feels. But look, everybody speculates in football and worries about things that might or might not happen. As a Celtic fan, does it worry you at the moment or? You just don't see it happening at all? No, not at all. Uh, basically, Ange left Japan to come to Celtic. It's been a very much a big success. Uh, a career like everybody else. And if they come knocking, uh, he's got to be interested, but he personally, I'd like to see him stay. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a job. And the big money comes, why not? It might not even be writing it to be somebody else. Yeah, again, it's all hypothetical, Kenny. Nobody's trying to move Ange Postacoglu on. Take it as a compliment that he's he's doing very well. This notion of you know leaving because you can't take the team any further is that the only circumstance that it happens, or is sometimes even if you do think you could take the team further, it, the offer still becomes too good to turn down? It's the stepping stone. You know, it's, it's the Premier League. When when it comes calling, it's hard to knock back. I mean, Ange is he's at the. Uh, a wonderful place right moment with Celtic I don't I, I don't believe for one second he's at that that moment at the moment where he thinks he can't take Celtic any further there's no way he's at he's at that stage at this at this time but if there is a Premier League opportunity say there's still a lot to go before that becomes an option but there's one thing for sure if it's not Brighton there will be a lot of other teams admiring the way he's going about his business up here at the moment How do you feel about him Gus? I think uh, but what Kenny said there I think given another 12 months, uh, depending obviously what Celtic and Rangers do in the current league, uh, he might be tempted, he might be tempted, but at the end of the day, uh, his career, 
But uh, who's, who's going to take it on? Is that the, the excitement, Roger, that we get from Celtic fans at the moment as early in the season? But the excitement we get because all that stuff we went over numerous times last season about a guy that arrived here, found a, a shambles, had to recruit left, right and centre, brought relatively unknown players in, won a league. Brilliant. Celtic fans loved it. Are the early signs there that they are actually kicking on and they are actually improved? Yeah. From then. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you listen, you only need to go back and look at the old fun game <laughs> a week passing Saturday, you know, to, to show that they were, you know, last season they won the league. They beat Rangers by five points to the title. They won the League Cup. Rangers won the Scottish Cup. Rangers got to a European final. Um, and you can see that, you know, that five point difference was the swing from the 3 0 game at Celtic Park in February. That was their, their big performance last season. This season, they look to have kicked on. Rangers don't look to have kicked on and not just domestically, even that first 55 minutes against Real Madrid, they look like a team on an upward trajectory. Gus, is he going to lead you to a first Champions League win of the season this week? How do you feel going back into that competition? Uh, uh, the head to hell's high against Real Madrid uh, and basically they can't do much more except for play the way they play forward passing put the ball in get results at the end of the day I mean basically the, the champions got them easily yeah Gus the line's breaking up a bit Roger is the very simple hope for Wednesday night for Celtic is that they play similar level of performance and it's against a weaker opponent and that's not to be disrespectful because yeah, no yeah. one would argue about the strength of Real compared to Shakhtar yeah. Play similar, take the chances And the the difference in level of opponents Should see a victory Is that well, the I, obvious sort of I would say if Celtic play in Warsaw They play for 55 minutes against Real They'll have a right good chance of getting a result um, Shakhtar had a very good result in Leipzig um, It cost a Leipzig manager his job Interestingly I noticed Leipzig bounced back By beating Borussia Dortmund 3-0 at the weekend So that maybe shows They're no the, mugs what's, what's German for new manager bounce? Well exactly And they know not um, give me a shout on. I won't even attempt to the, read the, it out the, 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 I think the Shakhtar game actually On Wednesday evening Will probably tell Celtic More about where they are in this group Than losing at home to Real Madrid Well, well funnily enough Let's do that right now Earlier on Celtic fans I did say uh, We would get you the inside track On Shakhtar Donetsk So uh, say that again Neu manager sprung Sounds good to me He's a well travelled <laughs> Well educated man This Kenny Miller uh, Or something similar That's what Bertie Vox taught Bertie him Vox Why didn't we that? get that we Under got Bertie Vox We've not got the Neuer manager sprung Anyway This guy will be wondering What on earth's going on Because we're joined by Ukrainian football Journalist expert Andrew Todos uh, Just like we did for Rangers earlier in the show Celtic fans I promised We'd get you the inside track uh, Andrew, thanks for taking the time. Celtic fans obviously looking forward to the game on Wednesday. What what type of match are you expecting? Well, following last week's result, I think it's going to be quite tense and um, a bit edgy, in all honesty. I think there's a bit of a surprise after the result that Shakhtar got last, last week, you know, 4-1, uh, that they could follow up with another victory or something like that. So I think the morale is slightly higher than it would have been going into the Champions League. But... That said, we know, uh, well, Ukraine knows that Celtic are a good side. So I think it's going to be very tense, tight and probably involve a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, look, for reasons far more important than football, it's well 
documented this game will take place in Warsaw instead It's also been a hugely difficult time for the football club How are they coping with, with both of those things Whether it be personnel or, or the relocation to a different stadium Well I think the relocation to a different stadium is probably less of a problem I think the only issue might be a bit of fatigue from all the travelling you know, having to go through Ukrainian border control after their Ukrainian Premier League matches. Then they got on a flight from somewhere else in Poland to Warsaw. So maybe something like that. But as a whole, Shakhtar have sadly been playing away from home, um, albeit in other areas of Ukraine for the past eight years, because Russia's war obviously started back in 2014 when they were kicked out of Donetsk and have been sort of in exile ever since. So they know how to play away from home there's obviously the crowd uh if they were for example playing in ukraine right now there would be no crowd so there's a massive boost to the fact that it's being played in warsaw there's a big ukrainian population there they're expected to come out and i think it's close to a sellout so that's you know almost thirty thousand people and it should be a good atmosphere for them you know to keep them going from a personnel perspective obviously i think most people in scotland and everywhere else think of Shakhtar and Brazilians. And sadly, that has faded away due to the full-scale invasion. All 15 of the Brazilians that were in the team have left uh, since that began. And there's only one that's remained. Well, he joined this summer um, and he's a right-back. So it's a kind of complete new setup. Lots and lots of young Ukrainian talent that's being blooded through. Uh, including Starman Mihailo Mudrik, uh, Marian Shred has returned, a number of other Ukrainian talents have returned after spells in Europe, now that they've got a chance to actually play in the Shakhtar team. And then there's the one foreigner who has remained that was in the team before, obviously, the full-scale invasion began in February, and that's Lucina Traore, a big Burkina Faso centre-forward, and he could actually return into the starting lineup for the first time in about 10 months following his injury on Wednesday. So which players will cause Celtic the most trouble? And if the answer to that is not Marian Shved, maybe we could talk about him as well, because he's obviously previously a Celtic player, one who really didn't get much of a look in, didn't really make an impact, and yet all of a sudden pops up with two goals in a Champions League victory last week. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we'll start with Marian Shved, because he is one of those danger men in the team. Uh, he's reunited with his, I guess, one of his favourite managers, Ihor Jovicevic, who is the new Shakhtar manager, was his coach at Karpate, the team that he was scoring those weldies in prior to moving to Celtic. So they seem to have a good connection there, good chemistry. I think a bit of a father figure, Jovicevic, to shred. And he started pretty well. His first three games, three goals, obviously two, game, two goals in that uh, last week's Champions League. Got a header at the weekend, even though he's not really known for scoring headers. Um, so I think he's raring to go and probably hoping to show Celtic fans, uh, maybe some of the hierarchy, what they missed out on due to, you know, lots of different rumours and reasons that we heard over the years. But yeah, he's got obviously a big one to watch out for. And then I think the obvious choice is Mihailo Mudrik, uh, the name that is, you know, going viral uh, around Europe. Um had rumours to be joining Arsenal, uh, Everton, Brentford, by Leverkusen this summer, and lots of interest coming in. He's this sort of dynamic, electric, little, tricky player that I think Scottish fans uh, in general would have 
be familiar with uh, from the playoff back in June when he came on for a little cameo and was spraying outside the ball passes, uh, lots of pace, plays quite well on the counter-attack. And over the summer, over the past few months, he's been really working on his finishing, uh, his decision-making, and that sort of came to fruition last week when he sort of announced himself on the European stage, you could say, in the Champions League when he got two assists and a goal against Leipzig. How do you see this group after one game, Andrew? I, I guess the other three teams probably acknowledge that Real Madrid would be favourites and would, would probably take top spot. And then naturally everyone's ambitious and everyone wants to finish second and believes they can finish second. Up against the backdrop of everything off the pitch that we've just been discussing, for Shakhtar to get that result last week, does that really give them a boost and believe that they can finish second? How, how do you see the group panning out from here? I think there is obviously a bit more positivity and optimism after that result, but I don't think anyone wants to get too carried away just yet because RB Leipzig were very poor, but Shakhtar were very organised and knew exactly how to sort of counter how RB Leipzig would play. Obviously, there's a new manager at Leipzig now with Marco Rosa, um, so he might bring some more positivity as that group stage progresses. I mean, I think the minimum target that Shekhtar will be putting themselves in is third and then, you know, potentially going down into the Europa League. And obviously, you know, if you look at it on paper, that will be a battle between Shekhtar and Celtic. So this game coming up this week is going to be key. And then obviously that one at Parkhead um, at the end of October. Uh, I think it's going to be very tight, in all honesty. Um, I don't know how many sort of more wins or positive results Shakhtar could get because at the moment it's kind of unpredictable. We saw them play quite well against Leipzig, but you know you can you can't really judge from from a from an opening match exactly how everything's going to go. But they've already bettered last uh, whole Champions League campaign where they only got two points and scored three goals. So in terms of out of six matches last campaign. They've bettered that in one. So I think a lot of people are saying it's already been a positive. So we'll see. I don't think there are too many expectations based on the actual current uh, circumstances that Ukraine and Ukrainian football find itself in. But anything, uh, any more positive results will be will be great for Shakhtar, for their fans and also for Ukrainians in general who enjoy football. Yeah, The strange thing, this might seem strange from the outside, Celtic fans were actually very positive about the performance against Real Madrid. It's perhaps easy from the outside, like I say, to look and see a 3-0 defeat and assume that that was a, a very straightforward evening but Celtic actually feel that they played pretty well and, and put on a brave performance during the game I wonder, is that something that that people have noticed or, or, or is it just the result that really that has um, cut through? No, I think uh, as far as I'm reading in in Ukrainian media and some of my colleagues uh, that they've written and everything else it's um, they know that it's going to be a t- tough game uh, they know that since Ange uh, has come in uh, at Celtic, you guys, uh, Celtic have been playing very good um, attacking football, and that is something that's going to be a bit of a threat for Shakhtar. They were very good last week in defence, uh, in terms of from a Ukrainian perspective, but now can they cope with those, you know, pacey wingers that Celtic have got? And the fact of the matter is, uh, especially that first half against Real Madrid. There were great chances and probably should have gone ahead with, you know, hitting the post and whatnot. So I'm sure they'll be wary. I'm sure they'll be probably not playing um, much adventurous football and we'll probably see similar lineup and style to 
what what happened in Germany last week from a from Schechter's point of view, just to counter and quell everything that uh, Celtic will probably come at them with. Brilliant, Andrew. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Cheers. Uh, Roger Hanna, some very interesting stuff because Shakhtar Donetsk on paper supposed to be Celtic's best chance of being above somebody in the group. Yeah. Add to that the upheaval, and that's a major understatement that the country's going through, playing the games in Warsaw. You heard Andrew talking about it. Lost 15 Brazilians, I think he said, yeah. in the summer. This was all supposed to be a bad sign for Shakhtar on the pitch this season and look, maybe it will turn out to be except they just battered Leipzig in the opening game last week so yeah. sort of shook everything up didn't it yeah there was a lot of strange things in that game I don't know whether you've seen the goals Gordon the first was a yeah. a disastrous um, goalkeeping error you think John McLaughlin and David Turnbull well this was the same 40 yards from goal Peter Galaxy, veteran captain of Leipzig just gave the ball away to Marian Schved and he scored his first goal for the club Um Leipzig equalised early in the second half and you thought they were going to turn the game round and within 60 seconds Shakhtar were back up the park and Shved had scored again and then they added a couple more Mudrick scored Traore scored as well and they looked a very impressive side you know they looked like the Shakhtar that was packed full of Brazilians five or ten years ago Gordon so they will present a threat to Celtic as we said it's difficult to gauge yet because neither Leipzig nor Shakhtar have faced Celtic yet Difficult to gauge quite where Celtic sit against them. What I will say is Celtic won't fear either of them. You'd have been surprised at that result, I'm sure, Kenny. I was, yep. Uh, again, particularly away from home. That, uh, I mean, Leipzig, I, I know they're a good team and obviously it's cost a manager the, his, his job, but it was a really, really impressive performance and result. You know, And what it does is, within the context of this group, it makes these next round of fixtures absolutely crucial for both Celtic and Leipzig. I mean, if Celtic lose and that's six points and Real Madrid win both teams on six points after two games and Leipzig and Celtic on zero, it becomes, in terms of qualifying for the for the last 16, pretty impossible for that position. So I really think, again, for Celtic's point of view, they need to get something. They need to get something and not have that gap to Shakhtar going to be six points. It's a, it's a big, big game. And as you alluded to earlier... It had knock-on effect. Leipzig changed their manager, Domenico Tedesco, gone. Marco Rosa in. They then get a very impressive win. Yeah. At the weekend, what was it? What was German for new manager bounce again? Neuer manager sprung. Okay, like it. Um, things you never thought you would hear on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Is that is that Celtic's misfortune? Is that you know you wish you'd played Leipzig in the first game? They've now all of a sudden got their act together and are going to be the formidable opponent people thought they were. Or do you hope the managerial bounce doesn't last that long? Or how do you how do you well, see the situation? Listen, it, might, it might not need to last that long because I think Celtic go there in the very next yeah. uh, match day, don't they? But fascinating to see how the how the group shakes down. Real Madrid will win the group. I think we're all agreed on that. But I think when you when the draw was made, there wouldn't be much between second seed Leipzig, third seed Shakhtar, fourth seed Celtic, and it's really down to those three teams. Shakhtar have struck the first blow by going to Germany and beating Leipzig. And it's now down to Celtic to go to Poland and try and come out with a positive result. These two next games will be tough for Celtic away from home. But I think if they can emerge with positive results from those two games, you've seen what Celtic Park can be like in a European night for match days four and five. Let's hear from you out there, 0141 You may have noticed a slightly different structure to the show uh, tonight. Um, 
with that in mind Let me launch your full time teaser mm. right now So I'll give you until 8 o'clock To figure out the answers to this And as always If you've got a good idea Or you want to hear your question used Imagine the satisfaction of knowing The pundits struggled with your question Always good fun The address you need is fulltime At Clyde1.com Stephen McCara has done it tonight And he says Can you name Since 2018 10 different Scotsmen Have scored a hat-trick In the Scottish Premiership So can you name the 10 Scotsmen Who've scored a hat-trick In the Scottish Premiership Since the start of 2018 Any ideas? Say that again which, Sorry, which, myself Which one of you said that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a hat-trick for Dundee against Hamilton You did, in December 2018 There you go, it just shows you the assumption On my list here it just says Kenny Miller v Hamilton And I just assumed it was for Rangers yeah. There we go Two there wonderful go. finishes Is that the last then? That the last hat-trick? Trick, yep. There yep. we go um, there A go. collector's item Kenny Miller for Dundee against Hamilton, the, yes Lee Griffiths Lee Griffiths just an educated guess Or any in particular That spring to mind No just an educated guess Gordon Yes indeed St Mirren I think Ooh, there's one What's significant about that one Because was that not Celtic's 5-0 game Last game Last game before Lockdown Covid yeah Would that yep. have been right March 2020 Lee Griffiths Yep Tony what? No I think it was one against Indy At Dens Park In a 7-1-1 Andrew Considine it's 2017 I'm afraid Oh no way It was Can you well, believe he it He thought he was so smart <laughs> yeah. Oh well. no Said so like, smugly you know, it was Recount you know. Because to be fair that A, a centre half score yeah, And a hat outrageous I was about to say Unbelievable March oh, 2017 no Sorry way. I'm distraught at that Sorry Any more for any more I was about to make a carnival Sunday I had it written down there as well Arfield <laughs> yeah, yeah I see where you're going with that But what the football nationality James yeah. Forrest James Forrest Again Educated guess isn't it He's bound to Yes St Johnson 2018 October Okay we'll leave it there Thanks to Stephen Macara by the way He sent that into full time At Clyde1.com Looking for 10 Different Scotsmen To score hat-tricks In the Scottish Premiership Since the start of 2018 Gary Is a Celtic fan From Ibrooks. How's it going Gary? You well? Very well, thank you. I just had to wind up um, your other fellow pundit there uh, when he said that uh, Gio had Celtic figured out. Oh, dude, I've been waiting on a call like this, Gary. The, I, I, I got battered by messages on Kenny Miller's behalf, so let him have it. Kenny, let's be honest, Gio, I hope he keeps it keeps it the way he's figured Celtic out, because if he does, it'll suit me fine. Listen, well, I certainly hope he, ha- he doesn't keep it the same, Gary. It was uh, oh, so we'll, we'll just run over the comment first. The statement was after the three 0 at Celtic Park, Gio had found a way, not found Ange out, had found a way to set his team up to play against Celtic and get a result. That was the statement, right? Now I absolutely understand after that four 0 that statement is non-existent, yeah, and I'm big enough and ugly enough to put my hand up when I'm wrong. On that day, because my statement was based on the three games that followed the 3 0. But on Saturday's, last Saturday's viewing, then there is a lot of learning to do from Gio, the Rangers players, about how to stop Celtic. Don't worry about competing against them, it's how to stop them. Absolutely. That cleared it up, Gary? Absolutely, no problem. How, ple- how pleased are you then with the way that has, well, that took place? Obviously, the Real Madrid game would have been a different type of. Satisfaction for you How do you feel Heading into this week Fantastic All good 
how important does how important does this Shakhtar Donetsk game become, Gary? Because obviously, for all the good things about um, Real Madrid, that you know now would be the time to put points on the board. I suppose they'll win it anyway, so it doesn't matter. What the full Champions League? Or? No, no, they'll win against Shakhtar Donetsk. There we go. And uh, Gary, just if that doesn't happen, Kenny, I'll write to phone you and pull you up about that. Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Got your own speed dial, Gary. That's that's the way it works, and um, yeah, maybe they will, Roger. Maybe they will, but that's cert- these are certainly going to be the types of games you have to get something from. You you know, in the, the context, yeah, of the, trip. The, the games. You know, I, I hesitate to use the phrase a free hit, but last week against Real Madrid was a free hit. Um, the home and away against Real. And as a match day six to come in the Bernabeu, they weren't going to define Celtic's Champions League campaign. The four games that are going to define that Group F campaign are the next four for Celtic. Two away, two at home, Shakhtar, RB Leipzig. If Celtic can come out in the top of that little mini league of three, then they're into the last 16 of the Champions League, Gordon. Yep, that's a, that, and that starts, that does start now, doesn't it, Kenny? If we talk about. Livingston going to Celtic Park and it being a free hit or St Mirren going to Celtic Park and it being a free hit then that's the same logic would have almost followed for, for the Real Madrid game last week and now it becomes about the teams round about you as our managers would say Of course it does you know like the thing with when Celtic play Livingston again Debbie Martindale seems to have found a way <laughs> of playing against Celtic he sets his team up a certain way but Celtic are in a they're in incredible form at the moment. It doesn't matter who who's coming up against them or how you want to set up. The way Celtic are going about their business and it was really impressive. And and you can't as each game approaches, you can't see anything other than a Celtic one. Thank you, Gary. I'll just I'm going to take Gary's number down and pass it on to Kenny. Yeah. Someone will probably report me for breach of GDPR or whatever it's called. So I won't actually. Don't worry. Thank you, Gary. On the line, uh, Twitter is at Clyde SSB. And full time at Clyde1.com Since we're on the subject of getting in touch with us So please do It would be great to hear from you um, Yeah, I mean in terms of the, the Celtic Team for that game do, do these things carry much Shock and surprise anymore Or are Celtic at that level Where very few Or the likelihood is slim That Ange Postacoglu really raises your eyebrow When he picks that team on Wednesday No, there'll be, there'll be a couple of Spots up for grabs. Uh, if it's not the exact same team, you can see you can maybe make a case for Maeda uh, uh, coming into the team at centre back. If Starfield's not going to be fit, then obviously Jens will, will, will keep his position. Midfield, I know. I, I just can't. I think Roger said at the start of the show. I can't see there being too many changes uh, to the Celtic team that started last week's game. Roger, same. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think Starfield's going to make it. Jens will probably continue alongside Carter Vickers. I would imagine Kyogo would come in for Giacomakis up top. And then the only change is, as we're debating, you know, is it Abada? Is it Maeda? I don't think there's too much in it between them. What about the Rangers team, Kenny? Because again, we found ourselves just in a different position over the weekend. The debate about the Rangers starting 11 for Saturday would have been fierce. It really would have been. Does the temporary suspension of football over the weekend change that, or or is it is it still there? Does that just then roll on to the next? No, I think listen, it'll, it'll be there on this side, and it'll be there in fans up and down the country. Are the what's going to be? Who should be left out? Who should now get a chance based on the last two games? Giovanni will be now. He probably had a team picked already for Aberdeen, and he might even have had a, a kind of system picked. 
that might be completely different for, for this Champions League game. Uh, and I would expect her from last week's game now against Ajax, I would expect to see a right few changes to the team, potentially maybe even a change of shape. Roger? Listen, you, you, you what, couldn't what, what, guess what would that might look? What might that look like? Sorry, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know because there was a slight tinkering at Celtic Park. You know, when Malik Tillman was asked to sort of not even go onto the right wing, but just sort of shuffle out one, and it didn't work at all. Um, I think a lot would depend on the fitness of certain players. I think if Ben Davis, who Kenny touched upon earlier on, quite a costly addition at centre half, if he's fit, I think he might start in place of a uh, James Sands. I don't know what happens at left back because Red Van Yilmaz was quite a costly addition in the summer and hasn't got near to the level of Borna Barisic. Looks as if the manager's going to stick with the goalkeeper, John McLaughlin. Looks as if he'll, he'll stay in the team. But then, you know, who goes in alongside Lundstrom because they've tried Davis, they've tried Jack, they've tried Kamara, they've tried Arfield, they've tried maybe two of them alongside Lundstrom. Uh, you know, how defensive or how offensive does Giovanni Van Bronckhorst feel he can be in Wednesday night? See the quit you know the bigger question around the the fans and the arrangement for this game, Roger. I was going to ask how you feel about it, or is it one of those things that the decisions get taken at high level, and then there's really not well, much you can do? I mean, there, there will be a lot of discussion. There must be fans out there, and they can get in touch who've booked flights to Naples, yeah. non-refundable, and have booked accommodation. That's before we even get to tickets. But again, that bit's more in the uh, the club's hands. So that news yesterday that Rangers Napoli was moved from tomorrow. To Wednesday, eight o'clock kickoff, and because no Napoli fans are able to come over, well, come over and get into the game, the same thing will happen when Rangers go well, to Naples. I'll, I'll give you a sliding scale of my levels of understanding. I fully understand why the game's been moved to Wednesday night. The policing issues, um, the police and similar authorities are stretched at the minute. Um, I believe Arsenal against PSV is actually off There's talk of a lot of games in London at the weekend being off Yeah I think it's um, Is it four of the ten games I think off is Are it they, they gone like already? Yeah, I, knew I, that th- I think it's something it. like that yeah. Yeah. So I understand all of that However if they feel that they can police 50,000 supporters at Ibrox on Wednesday night I don't see what the difference is if a few hundred of them are Italian is that not? But is that not the case? That whether we understand or not, do they not say that the policing presence does need to be a lot more when it when it well, has visiting fans? And, and that's before we get on to some. Okay, I'm going to give you that. However, where my levels of understanding stop is why Rangers fans have been prevented from going to Naples. Rangers fans have spent a whole lot of money um, at a time when I'm pretty sure they won't have a whole lot of money to spend. There's a cost of living crisis going on But Rangers fans have dug deep They've got flights, they've got hotels They've got match tickets for the game And now they've been prevented from going to the game um, They spoke about, I think UEFA um, It didn't, wasn't sporting integrity it was Sporting fairness was the quote that was used Yeah, because sporting the UEFA integrities I think that's exclusive to us I don't I think, think anyone's allowed has. to use that Sport, There's nothing fair about it There's nothing fair no. in preventing people Who have spent good money um, in good faith from going and watching the football It's a nonsense And I feel sorry for the Rangers fans Who are missing out Sure take on it Kenny Because it's an obvious Balancing up act For reasons that No one can control Napoli fans are not able to come Right or wrong And so UEFA have just decided To to balance that up And say okay well be, For whatever influence It may have on the actual football match Rangers fans can't then Get to the game in Naples Understand that? I think it's a nonsense as well I absolutely agree with Roger For all the reasons he stated I think it would have been nice To actually ask Maybe Napoli How they felt about it Because if they want it And that's, that was in their mindset 
then fair enough, right? But are we right I, to assume, Roy? I, would you assume that it was? You know, would, did Napoli? I don't know if they've gone public. Do you feel like they probably did kick up a bit of fuss about that? I, I, genu- I genuinely don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if it was just you know the people are on UEFA just deciding off their own back that this is what they were going to do. And I, I genuinely, you know, feel sorry for the Rangers fans because. It's been, was it 10 years, 12 years since Rangers have been in the Champions League groups? They're only half three games away from home. <laughs> one of them, and one of them's only down the road in Liverpool. You know, they're only going to get a chance to go to two overseas venues. One's already gone. I'm trying to say they won't get into the last 16. Uh, the Champions League? I don't think so. Just um, checking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they've already been to Amsterdam. You know, that, this is, Rangers fans now might not have another overseas trip this season. It's terrible for the fans. It really is. I mean, how how I mean, in football fans follow their teams all over all over the world, you know. And these uh, in these games, it's an opportunity. To, they've celebrated the, like the coming back to the Champions League so much, and they've got by some brilliant trips. I mean, obviously, Ajax turned it not to be a great a great trip with the result in the football, but a chance to go to Naples. They've got a Batley Brenty kind of just drive down the road to Liverpool. Some great trips. So to take that away for them, based on we understand why, but. Does it really make sense? I don't think so. When you've got tickets and you've got flights, and are you going to be able to kind of refund that type of money or, or recoup that that money that's been spent? Who knows? It's a shame for the fans, like Roger says. It's uh, it's not nice. It's not a nice position for them to be in. They want to travel and see their 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 team play in Europe. And if Napoli if Napoli had been consulted, I, I'm not sure they would have been that fuss for a thousand Rangers fans, whatever it was, to go across to to Naples and support them. I think it creates the atmosphere. It creates a better environment to be playing football. So yeah, it's uh, it's a harsh one on the Rangers fans. Yes, before someone pulls me up on lack of accuracy, it won't be the first or the last time seven of the ten English Premier League games go ahead and three don't. Um, is, that, is that three London? Was that Chelsea, Tottenham, Brentford? No, I actually think Man United is Man United one of Leeds was one of them because it's Sunday. About. I think you know, so it's not the geography that kicks in there. I assume, but maybe the fact that it's Sunday, which is closer to the funeral yeah. on Monday, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that will be why. So. Um, but the Scottish Sheffy, the SPFL went in early today, Roger, and confirmed that back to normal, if you like, this weekend. Yeah, um, I think it starts on Friday night, a Scottish Cup ties. Friday night, um, a full league card between Saturday and Sunday. Um, there will be a minute's silence proposed. I think the SPFL and the SFA in a joint statement even suggested some clubs could play the national anthem if they fell. Uh, they wanted to do it, but black armbands worn, and you would hope, and I believe that these minute silences will be impeccably observed at the weekend. Yeah, I don't mean to make any light of what's obviously been a serious uh, time and an, an emotional situation, but if you'll allow us just one brief moment, that might even uh, cheer everyone up or f- cheer anyone up that feels uh, that they need it. Did you see the new king being led out today? And uh, a lot of accusations flying around that the guy who led him out was actually Hugh Keevans. And he's not in Pisa. Have you Hugh, seen the picture of this guy? Hugh Keevans with a snooker cue. Someone pointed That's the out one. to me. You've seen it, Kenny, having this as a, a Hugh Keevans lookalike. That's not, that's it, not bad. It's a possibility. Not bad. Yep. Do you think this trip to Pisa is a ruse? Maybe. It might. I mean, it would be, it would be an unlikely choice to, to, to lead out the new king. But you never know. He's a man of high importance. And, and maybe it is him. I've never seen Hugh play snooker. That's the one thing. I'll need to because maybe he's, I thought he was back from Italy, and yet we've mysteriously not heard from him. No, so. producer Callum says no, no, not back till I think he's making a triumphant return to the show on Saturday. He's kicking the backside right out of this, isn't he? Trip of a lifetime. 
Unbelievable. Can you imagine the number of Italians who have stopped him and asked for selfies? And he whips out the Nokia. Unlikely, right? 01419511025 on the phone, Zach Clyde SSB on Twitter. And since we're doing the contact us section, thanks again to Stephen for sending that email with the last, uh, with the 10 Scottish players who have scored Premiership hat tricks since 2018. The guys have got, well, Kenny Miller got himself, Kenny Miller, which is always nice. Uh, Lee Griffiths, James Forrest. What about your pal, David Turnbull? David Turnbull? I like how anyone who played with Mullerwell at any stage becomes known as my pal. I probably can't stand me for what it's worth. But anyway, yeah, he's there. I've got a list here. I'm no, I'm no confident on any of them, but I'll run oh, through that's, that's great. That's... Stevie May. No. Christie. Yes, against St Johnston. Opening day of the season. Yeah, 2019. Nicky Clark. Nope. I can't feel. I don't. I can't quite picture when did Lewis Ferguson get a hat trick. Nope. Brophy? Who? Brophy? No. If you get the most somebody recent sounds, one, I'll somebody be. Somebody sounds like that. No, name. no, I just didn't know what you said. Uh, if you get the most recent one, I'll be well impressed. That's the what hardest. About, uh, what about Lauren Shanklin? Uh, no, would you believe? No, no he would be I a good bet. On my list as well, the other one I thought was Kevin Nisbet. Yes, yep. against Livy, well, August yep. 2020. <laughs> just stealing my list here. All right. Who else do we have? Hold on, wait, watch this for a seamless transition. Scot- speaking of Scottish players doing good things, uh-huh. Steve Clark announces his yes, latest Scotland does. squad tomorrow. Unfortunately, the headline news is already out there, as broken by Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp. Scotland captain Andy Robertson out of the Nations League triple header. How big a blow? That's a tough question, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Steve Clark speaking tomorrow morning. He will tell you how big a blow he feels it is. Um, we're talking about feel good factors etc I'm not sure there's too much of a feel good factor about the national team at the minute you look at some of the guys who would normally be in the squad I think you know Liam Cooper's out injured John Souter's out injured Ross Stewart's out injured Billy Gilmore's just moved clubs only played a matter of minutes Jack Henry's just moved clubs only played a matter of minutes um, Lewis Ferguson has just moved clubs I think he's played six minutes for Bologna this season um, there are a lot of John guys John McGinn and Kieran Tierney probably, well John McGinn playing but maybe not having a brilliant time of it yeah. at Villa and Kieran Tierney not really playing either likewise Stuart Armstrong has not seen a lot of football Tony Ralston James Forrest Ryan Fraser Are you get any so, good news for us well that, that's the thing we're, we're sort of struggling a little bit for good news so. Callum McGregor's playing well is he? he's the Modric, new Modric yeah yeah um, it'll be interesting to see the squad Brilliant Even some of the peripheral players You know Craig Halkett Was in the squad the last time I did in He's had injury problems In the last few weeks Limped off against Zurich And hasn't returned since So be interesting to see Steve's squad He doesn't tend to shock you With no. his selections I would tend to think Despite the fact A lot of the players I've just mentioned Have hardly played any football I would think he would still Base his squad around them Fascinated to see If there's any googlies at all You know Barry Mackay He's one that people Are yeah, mentioning People talk about Barry Mackay I actually wonder We're watching the Continental football Again at the weekend The Werder Bremen Number 9 Running about Looks quite sharp Guy called Oliver Burke Scored a couple hasn't scored he Scored a couple as well Oliver McBurney 3-3 three and three for Sheffield United Top of the English Championship You wonder if they become Contenders again Your pal Alan Campbell You know he's doing well again, for not my pal Don't got, know the guy Got but in the squad At the end of last in. season he could well retain yeah. his place in the squad. Got to be. And, and you wonder if there's maybe a, a Ryan Porteous to come back in. Someone like yeah. that. Right, Kenny, we need to put a positive spin on that. Maybe 
the Billy Gilmores and Kieran Tierneys and whoever else are going to use this as a welcome break, get back amongst their countrymen uh, and go and flourish and have a good time. Maybe. Well, you've only got to look at the likes of Nathan Patterson who had barely kicked a ball in Rangers first team but when he was called upon he, uh, he performed very well again back even in my time Alan Hutton went through a spell where he wasn't really getting a game at Villa turned up for the national team he's like a Rolls Royce up and down the right flank so there is it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't perform we'd, we'd rather have all those lads that Rogers just mentioned that I've actually couldn't write mm-hmm. them all down quick enough the, would you rather them be playing every week absolutely would you rather them be playing really really well and perform well at the clubs of course you would but at the, I think this group at this moment, there's not a great feel-good factor about it, but there has been over the last couple of years. And the group, I'm sure, will be looking to come, looking forward to come together again in the next couple of weeks for three big games. Uh, it's probably more in hope now than I think we went through a, a period where we were expecting them to turn up and get big results. Now I think it's a little bit more in hope, but there's no doubt there's still some top, top players going to be in this squad playing at really good levels. Uh, you just have to hope they turn up and perform. Yeah, remember the Group B promotion hopes are hanging uh, by a thread a bit There was that 3-0 battering uh, In Dublin in June um, Playing Ukraine at hand In September 21st Last time they came They didn't really go to plan uh, Then go away to Krakow To play Ukraine Six days later uh, And then Ireland at Hamden September 24th um, the, the Looking at that Sort of Left back Or left side of defence Kenny How frustrating is it Because For years we debated about How you fit them both in And then we found a way And it was great And we had one of Genuinely Without going overboard What seemed like One of Europe's best Overlapping centre backs Underlapping centre backs If such a thing exists And for the Major one For the big game against Ukraine We were trying to qualify For the World Cup There was no Kieran Tierney And Andy Robertson Had to play and now we've got a, we've got a bit of work to do, and Kieran Tierney will be fit, but Andy Robertson isn't. You know, I think I mean both would be massive losses, but I felt at the time Kieran Tierney, in my opinion, was probably a bigger loss. I really do, uh, because if he went and now Kieran, if Kieran goes out to left back, I think or left wing back, whatever you want to, depend on how Steve decides to play, because he might change. I think you've got just as equal mm-hmm. a, a good player on that on that side. But for me at that time, it was. If Kieran goes there, who's going to play? Who was going to do that job that Kieran yep. Tierney was doing at that at left centre back? And I don't. As much as we've got some good options at yep. centre back, they couldn't do the job the way he did it. So does he stay there? And actually, Aaron Hickey just plays left wing back, or Greg Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, like Stephen Steve knows Greg Taylor well. He's having a wonderful start of the season. Had a wonderful season last year with Celtic. He's had a really really good start to the season. Do, do you keep Kieran Tierney there? Again, that might be discussions that Steve will have to have with Kieran because I'm sure as much as he looked like he enjoys it all, I think he would much rather enjoy be the one that was out there where a more of an attacking intent or focus on your game uh, from that position. But from where he's at, I think the relationship between him and Andy Robertson was, was pretty good. I think Andy was more than happy for Kieran. On you go. I can just sit in and fill in and, and you can go and kind of venture forward at times. So no. either way, they're going to be a big loss. No, no way he's going to a bank for because, well, that's what I'm saying. He could yeah. do. He could do. I think. But I just wonder because he's missing. You know, and, and the likes of Suter or Cooper could have played in and allowed Kieran to come out one. Yep. But you, you just wonder if it's maybe Kieran at left back, Scott McKenna and Grant Hanley in the middle, and either Patterson or Hickey at right back, and it allows McTominay to play and he's more accustomed role where he's playing very well for he's Manchester United. His place in that now. team. Yep. You know, you could then have a three of McTominay, Gilmer, and McGregor, and then Gen- you know, McGinn off Adams, McGinn and Ian, other see Chris Stewart, Armstrong. Of Che Adams 
Get oh, right, he's, he's picked the team. Get him he's picked the team. He like I mean, again, see stuff. when you run through it like that, because Henry will come into the into the, the, the equation as well mm-hmm. for a back three, even a back four. Uh, it still sounds all right, doesn't it? You've got, when you go we're through very the quick names, to put a, a damper on things. Absolutely, I need get what are we like? So we've still that when you go through that team, there's still some really really good players playing, but there's also some really good players knowing it. Stuart Armstrong knowing it. Yeah. Uh, you've got you've got one striker you're playing well. There's another there's another couple yeah. that could come in, guys that maybe have not been in the squad for a while. Like you say, Burke and, and McBurn. I would surprise yeah. if both of them would be in. One of them. Quite a lot of interesting ones. Is this is this where we in. eventually see the return of Ryan Fraser, who sort there's of another name, yep. um, didn't do himself any favours before. The goalkeeping situation now becomes quite interesting because Xander Clark's been in squads. He's not played. He's he's back up now. And he's going to beat Craig Gordon. John McLaughlin's much maligned in the last couple yeah. of weeks on the show, but is he actually now in the Scotland squad again? I, I would think the three would be Gordon, Liam Kelly, Kelly and, and McLaughlin, yeah. Liam yeah. Kelly, Gordon's pal. Yeah. Aye, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hope you're pal, Stephen O'Donnell. I was just going to say, I hope he's not listening. Is this the end of the road for now for the, the co ops? He's not really played too much. Nathan Patterson, know. Anthony Ralston. Aaron Hickey's playing every Aaron week Hickey. in the Premier League. I mean, Kenny touched upon there when Steve he mentioned. Likes to have him around. Yeah, when he mentioned Greg Taylor, he quite rightly said, you know, Steve knows Greg Taylor right back to the Kilmarnock mm. days. And Steve knows Stephen O'Donnell right back to the Kilmarnock days. And he's put a lot of stock in the loyalty of those players and what they've done for him. So, listen, Stephen O'Donnell may well keep his place. Uh, yeah, going to be interesting. So, on tomorrow night's show, we'll hear from Stevie Clark. You can get his thoughts, and of course, you can react to it. Tell him where he's gone wrong. That's usually the way it works, isn't it? Um, we don't have too much time. So let's try and whiz through if there's anything else to do today. What about these Friday and Saturday night Premiership games that are looking to be trialled, Roger Hanna? I think there's three of them that have been given you kickoff times. Yeah. It's aimed predominantly at increasing attendances. Hibs, St. Johnson. Um, is going to go to half seven on a Friday night. Aberdeen have got games against Dundee United. Um, that's going to go back to six o'clock, I think, on the Saturday night, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Dundee United owned by an American, Hibs owned by an American, Aberdeen yeah, run by Atlanta based Dave Cormack. Um, they're trying to, by their way of things, shake things up, be edgy, be innovative. Um, there's a cost of living crisis going on at the minute, Gordon. Um, if at the forefront of that is energy costs you would think they'd be better off bringing the games forward to half 12 or 1 o'clock try to get more people in earlier maybe not have to spend the money on the floodlights I have grave reservation people have tried this before I was going to say we did, the old, did we not have a TV slot back in the day it was 6, 6 5 on a Sunday night very quickly yeah 6 5 on a Sunday night very quickly abandoned Saturday night different no um, not for speaking personally you're not having to choose between um, like I, I would, if I were an, an antiques if I were an Aberdeen or Dundee United fan I would far rather go to the football at 3 o'clock on a Saturday than 6 o'clock on a Saturday. That's just my own personal preference. I think Scottish football fans are conditioned to go to the football at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Um, I've been to Tannerice, I've been to Petaudry. They're not the warmest um, venues. And I don't mean you don't get a nice welcome. What I mean is, meteorologically, they're not the warmest of venues. And if you're moving it later at night, it's colder. So, I, and listen, they're trying something grumpy. different. It's not for nah, me. Nah, he's grumpy tonight. The players care. Aye, I think they do, yeah I mean, again, ultimately These are things that are out of your control as a player You know, you're told when to go and play And you turn up and you have to play Would you much rather be playing like Roger say at 3 o'clock on the Saturday? Absolutely you would But when you're playing in European competition as well Your your, your kickoff times can be all over the place On different days And 
it doesn't really it also doesn't suit with the psychological effects of going for a league title when you're playing after after your opponents as well. But as a player, you have to just mm-hmm. turn up and play. All right, you've got four to get of the ten Scotsmen who've scored Premiership hat tricks since 2018: Miller, Griffiths, Forrest, Turnbull, Christie, Nisbet. Go. I'm just going to shout names now. Callum Hendry. No. Nope. Lyndon Dykes. Yes. Greg- Thought the Scotland discussion would give it away. Greg Stewart. Ross Stewart Nope Rod Stewart <laughs> he's, he's, he's not on there either Michael O'Halloran Nah, teammate of Kenny's <laughs> What team? I know, I know oh, But no, on, if it's a well known um, Not Chris Boyd No oh. Stephen A. Smith Stephen A. Smith, well done oh. I've got another one right, here on I think James Scott Oh, that was the one I thought you would never get. Fantastic. James Scott, well done. And the last one. Scott Pittman. It was against Motherwell, always is. St Johnston, but not Stevie May. Stevie McLean. striker Stevie McLean. I was at the game. Whoa, McLean. Yeah, well done. Right, thank you to Roger Hanna and to Kenny Miller. We are back tomorrow with Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly. So make sure you join us then. And more from our newsroom next.